I just feel like, couldn't I just cut my own hair? How hard is it? Wait, by the way, hairdressers don't come for me. <laughs> just don't fucking come for me. We're not saying I know cut how our own hair is. well. We'll we're saying could we cut our own hair? Yeah. I'm not gonna do it. That's not it's not advisable. It's not for me. It's not for me. I'm good. I'm recording from the kids' house today because we're mo- I'm moving. I know people were very curious about that online. Mm. I think you mentioned it in passing that you were moving to a different cost apartment. Casa Kismet too. Dose. Casa Dose. Kismet dose. <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, people must have missed it. People missed it. I yeah. get it. You can't keep up, guys. I get it. Yeah. I'm not moving back to LA. Um, here's what here's what it is. Um, the apartment across the way from me opened up. Right. Which I have to say, I had said out loud multiple times if that two bedroom apartment with the huge balcony opens up. I will take it. You'll snatch it. That's what I said out loud. Not to anyone in particular, just Just in the world. To To the universe. Yeah. And then it opened up, man. And then I was kind of like in a holding pattern a bit because I was like, I don't know if this is, if I want to deal with this, you know? Yeah. But it didn't get rented. And then it ended up just being like a thing that just, it just sort of happened. And so you got to like be open to the universe letting you know when things are just happening and you're just like there along for the ride, just do it. Yeah. And so it's across the hall, down the hall? Down the hall. Mm -hmm. I could see into it from Gaza Kids. (laughs) Which, by the way, I've been like trying to get somebody to take Gaza Kismet because it was like the greatest apartment of all time. But because of the writer strike and everything, most people that I'm friends with are like, yeah, I'm not going to be moving anytime soon. I'm just going to stay Right, right. Which is like that. I get, I get it. But it is such a cutie place. And I hope that the people that end up renting it are nice neighbors. Um, (laughs) Because, you know. Uh, But yeah, it's also going to be interesting because um, it just is. It's going to be interesting. Now, here's what I'm curious about. You keep yeah. saying that you're going to miss your hallway mirror. Is that I because really the mirror stays in the apartment? It was, it it came with the apartment. It's like definitely one of those things that was like, um, you know, whatever, like cocked on to the, <laughs> to the, it's like you can't even see, it looks like it was like built onto the wall. Like you can't even see a possible way to get it off. There are no like nails or screws or anything. It's it's just like. It feels like somebody like glued it on to the, or it was like, or it was like a piece of mirror and then they like just put a frame around it. I don't even know. It's permanently grafted. It's permanently onto that, on that wall. All right. And is it now is it just the size of the mirror that you're gonna miss? Every, that, that mirror is great. It's just a yeah. great it was a great mirror. It was a great Sometimes full there length. There are good mirrors, right? Yeah. yeah. 
No, sometimes everybody knows that. Have like, I don't know if people do no. know that, but I feel like I think of it as vibes. I'm like, this mirror has good vibes. That mirror had such good vibes. I like <laughs> loved that mirror. I really did. I'm going to miss that mirror the most. I mean, oh, man. I also like, I also a little bit, even though it's just next door basically, and it's so much more space and like, it's got a huge balcony and whatever. I don't know. I, for a second was like, I wish I had infinite monies and could keep both. Like, like a crazy person. Like, you know I what know, I mean? Yes, Cause, yeah. But well, I like, I'm going to miss the wind, the wind. There's like such weird breeze that comes through Casa Kismet that like yeah. crazy breeze that I feel already this other place is not getting the same thing. Yeah. It's not, it's not like a corner, right? Like Casa Kismet's like a corner. It is a corner. It's the other corner. Yeah. Okay. But it well, also we'll have does have see. like a jut out. It's awesome. It's like a yeah. great, and there's there's a dishwasher. <gasps> That'll yeah. be a life so, changer. It's a little bit of a, that's a game changer for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's so good. It all sounds good. I get the instinct to want to keep, I mean, you know, I've been thinking like, about my mom's place and wanting to keep that place, but um, you just you can't you can't keep everything. You we know we here's what we're learning: we can't keep everything in our closets. Can't keep everything. We sure can't keep every um, apartment or house that passes no. through our life. And the other thing is, like, I do feel a little bit like you know a lot of people. You know, the transition. Everybody who's listened to this podcast for ten minutes will. <laughs> be like, yeah, no, we know busy. The transition for me of moving from LA here was so challenging for so many reasons. Um, but I definitely was a person like who I grew up in a house in Arizona. My parents, like we lived in from first grade until I went to college. And then my parents sold it after my freshman year of college. And I felt like gutted and devastated when they sold the house and moved out. Right. Like there are certain people I have Colin and Sam are friends of ours. Well, you know, Colin, my boyfriend slash good friend, like they're people that have moved many, many times, like different houses, different cities, even well, just New York and LA, but like they've like moved a bunch and in a way, it's sort of, I was talking to Ellie Kemper because sweet Ellie came over for Cric- on Cricket's birthday party day. Oh, great. I'm glad it she was, actually made it. She did. You guys, I am going to post a picture of it if she gives me permission. Because what happened was she ended up having a conflict for the birthday party time, which I think is better anyway, because it would have been like, I think it just would have been too much with like other kids and stuff. And so she very sweetly was like, can I come over for coffee in the morning? And I was like, that would be amazing. So she came over for coffee. We're hanging out and talking. But she was saying, you know, her kids are little and she's like, I feel so bad for them. Like we've lived in four different places, da, 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 da. And I was like, I don't know. In a way, I kind of love it because you really understand that home is where your family is, not the physical place. When you're, when you're, raised in a place where you like move frequently or whatever. You know Agreed. what I mean? Yes. And I feel like I have formed such intense attachments to places. Yeah. Because in my, you know, origin story as a child or whatever, I was in the same place. I was really in the same place right. for my entire formative years, you know? Right. right. So 
I don't know. Like, I think this is challenging me a little bit, like, to continue to keep moving. Yeah. But in a way, like, it's all part of whatever this fucking process is for me right now. And, like, I'm I'm dealing with it. You know, like, yeah. I think it's good. I do yeah. think it's good. I think it's good, too. I also lived in the same place for all of my formative years, but it was, like, if I'm being honest, like a little bit of a haunted house. Like, I know that I've shared the ceiling falling off the ceiling story, but there are many. here's what I'm going to say. Like, is anything in Massachusetts not haunted? Massachusetts is real. I think people think of the South as very Gothic. Like, you hear Southern Gothic. Massachusetts is the most so haunted place gothic in the country. And so haunted. Mm-hmm. And I just feel the, like bad shit happened to like everyone in Massachusetts. Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> the 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 people are haunted sometimes. But yeah, my house particularly growing up, like I couldn't wait to get out of there. And it was actually kind of weird because I had two cousins who subsequently like one rented the house from my mom and then another cousin bought the house from my mom when mm-hmm. uh, the other cousin was done renting. So it never got out of my family. And I did feel like that house was a little bit of a curse um, to me personally. Like, I I mean, listen, it'll I'll put it in a book, I guess, someday about how cursed that house was. But uh, yeah, I don't... I, I do feel attachment to, like, where my kids grew up. So we do still have that house in Connecticut, and we rent it to very nice tenants. But I don't even know if I ask my kids, like, are you super attached to this house? Like, if we didn't have uh, renters who wanted to continue renting forever. I know landlords. Everyone hates landlords. I never aspired to be a landlord, but these people really wanted to rent the house, and they really don't want to own a house, and they were adamant about it. So, But if I ask my kids, I I wonder what they'd even say, like, if they would even care if we sold the house or if they're particularly attached to it or if they feel like, like you're saying, like, Family is where your home is. Well, you know, one of the things my therapist and I talk about, one of the things that I talked about at Hoffman too, and that like my Hoffman Drew teacher was like, one of the things he wished for me was to feel at home in my body, to feel at home with myself. Like, because, you know, to feel home home is such an interesting concept. Yeah. And, you know, em- Emily was here a couple weeks ago. Guys, so much this happened this week. Also, happy Pride to everybody. Yes, happy Pride. Fucking happy Pride. But also, like, um, so BB was here when the, all, all the discussion about my thyroid was happening, you know? Yeah. And, um, And we were talking and I was saying something like I was getting upset about (laughs) the idea of home and moving, like leaving Kismet or whatever. Yeah. And Emily was like, Busy, don't you remember? Like, you have said this as long as I've known you. And I was like, what? And she was like, "Um, you, I remember sitting with you at our first apartment in L.A., like when she first moved to LA, we lived in this apartment in West LA. 
um, that was pretty shitty, but like really fun. Yeah. And, um, and she's like, I remember sitting with you after you had like come back from Dawson's Creek and you said like, I just want to feel like I'm home. I just want to like go home and this doesn't feel like it. And she was like, you've been feeling that way as long as I've known you. And I do think like Drew Hoffman nailed it like almost immediately with me and was like, you need to feel home in your body. You need to feel home in your brain and in yourself. And I don't know why some people don't feel home in themselves. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I just, you know, I feel like I've been searching for so, <laughs> for so long and I'm like, right. it's going to be a place. It's going to be a person. It's going right. to be a th- And it's like, no, I have a family. It's going to be you. It's going to be me. Right. Right. Like Justin Timberlake said. It's going to be me. <laughs> Yes, I think so. Um, Wait, so yeah, I got my thyroid thing done. I know. How are you feeling? How's good? Your, is it still it's also very like, sore? The internet is so weird. Like, also because I know the people were very like wondering about the move, and then I didn't really explain the thyroid thing on um, Instagram because I felt like I had explained it. Yeah, if you want to know the come podcast, subscribe. But and people download. were like, "Oh, I've had so many needle biopsies, the worst." And I'm like. Yeah, no, me too. That, that's right. not what I just said. Right. Um, the needle biopsy led to the Herthel cell discussion. Right. right. Um, it was super weird. I had a like, I had kind of I an emotional imagine. week last week. Like, I, it just was a weird week. I had a weird fucking week. Like, yeah. Yeah. Well, tell me They're, about it. That's what we're here for. Tell me all about it. What you can. Um, well, I was asked, AC, the ACLU made me an official artist ambassador for reproductive rights, which was really exciting. That's really cool. I know. It's really cool. And smart of them. That was really nice. It was really great. And I love working with ACLU and I'm excited to do more stuff. I'm going to go to Ohio in the fall, um, early fall for some ACLU action. What city? I don't know. I don't know yet. Don't well, know I'm just, I, I like some cities in Ohio, so I was just curious. Well, you'll come well, with. Okay. All right. We can do a whole thing. Okay, great. Also, um, Amber Tamblin was like, I'll come. And I was like, great. Oh, she's so great. She is great. She was supposed to be on our podcast and then at the scheduling, something happened. It didn't work out. Yeah, but hopefully she'll come on in the she future. Will. I'm sure she will. Yeah. She is great. Anyway, um, so that was exciting. Birdie graduated from eighth grade. It's did just, you like, did you cry the whole time or were you chill? I'm sorry that it sounds like there's an elephant stomping. Can you hear it? I can hear like, I thought it was like, um, I thought it was like Venetian blinds blowing in the breeze, but oh it's. God, this is drives me oh, it's, insane. It, yeah, yeah. I can hear it now. Maybe no one can hear it, but us. Uh, <laughs> can you hear that? Um, there's there's this, um, like okay, an in, earth smashing machine operating in my neighborhood right now. So you'll probably get to hear that. I can't that. hear that. It wait, just, that's okay. So wait. So for whatever reason, so in this house, in the townhouse, mm-hmm. like 
I'm on this, I'm on the, um, essentially like the third floor and Mark has his personal space on the fourth, his bedroom and stuff on the, on the, above me on the fourth his floor. His Mark cave? His Mark cave. That's actually not him right now. It's a, <laughs> we have a, our housekeeper is here. Thank God. Okay. Um, so for whatever reason, and I will figure it out at some point, but I just haven't, I don't know. Like when the light fixture was installed, like something, it like something needs to be like shored up a little bit in the light fixture. Yeah. Because it's like when anyone is walking heavily above yeah. on in, in Mark's room, the light fixture just goes like. Dum, 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 dum. It rattles. Yeah. It's it like rattles. when you're driving in your Ugh, car and you hear like a noise and it just like a rattling noise and it gets louder and louder on the highway until it feels like it feels like the fuselage of a plane is like breaking open. And then you realize it's like a pen in your cup holder. And you just like take out the pen and it's fine. That's exactly what this is like. And I know, I know, I'm sure that if I had like a ladder that could reach the light fixture, I could yeah. like slightly twist one globe and yeah, it would like stop. Or whatever. Yeah. I yeah. I don't know. 100. I don't know. But it's oh also, I mean, how many little things do we live with that? Oh, I mean, I live with all of the things. <laughs> <laughs> all the time. That's just, um, uh, that's that's so typical of me to be like, yeah, that light fixture has been rattling for a few years now. And then have <sighs> someone just like get up and get on a ladder and fix it. God, oh my God. This is like actually driving me fucking insane right now. <laughs> actually driving me insane. <laughs> Wait, so. Um, so you got the thyroid thing done. It was so, super weird. Oh, so wait. So first was the ACLU thing. Yes. And then, tell yourself that you like that noise, mm-mm. and it's comforting to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-mm. Nope, that's not. I hate it. <laughs> athletic greens. <laughs> oh, athletic greens! You know how much we love you because athletic greens has a product that we use literally daily. Yes. And by the way, I saw someone drinking their athletic greens out of like an athletic greens bottle and I like gave them a thumbs up. Like <laughs> I'm so surprised you didn't try to high five. I mean, it's so, I'm surprised because I'm like, that you didn't they don't say, know me. They don't know no, that I'm I know, a fan. but I'm surprised you didn't say, "Oh my god. That's amazing. <laughs> With one delicious scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help start your day right. Good for you, dude." <laughs> I would give you so much money if you did that next time, please. Please. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Well, I felt that. I hope they felt that from my thumbs up. The thing is, guys, we love Athletic Greens. We get excited when we see it in the wild because for all of the reasons, like it used to be that I had, well, you know, I went to the doctor that gave me all the supplements and he was like, just take them throughout the day. And at the end of the day, I had only taken two and I had 17 (laughs) left. And it's just so much easier for my lifestyle um, right. to do a scoop of Athletic Greens in water. It tastes delicious or a smoothie. You, I can add it to a smoothie. Right. And it's just a small thing that has big benefits. You can do it daily. And it's like 
taking all of these multivitamins and supplements and all these things. Plus, it costs less than $3 a day. And people love it. You don't have to take our word for it. It's not just us. And by the way, in case you were wondering, it's totally lifestyle friendly. If you're on a ketogenic program, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, you can use athletic Less than one gram of sugar. Yeah. Less than one gram of sugar. No GMOs, no nasty chemicals, and it or artificial anything. And it's that's what another reason why I love it. It doesn't taste artificial. Right. Or like chemically. Or bad. And it just tastes good. Yeah. It just tastes good. It's like pineapple-y, like fruity. I don't know. I love it. Um, I really do. I really yeah, do, guys. Same. Um, right now, it's time for you to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash busy. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash busy to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Milio, 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 Milio. <laughs> I'm so excited to have a Milio account because of all of the extensive photography and photographic history of my family that I unearthed in my mom's home. Oh my God. I can't even imagine how helpful that's going to be. Um, the truth is, between Mark and myself, our photos of our kids are on, have, previously been on 47 billion devices. Right. Different devices. And we wanted to be able to consolidate them into one place. And that's what my Leo does. So guys, if you need a tool to help organize and protect your photos and your videos from across the years, that's what my Leo does. And I cannot recommend it enough. It's a very smart and powerful system for managing all of your memories. It's the Mylio Photos app. It can store years of photos, videos, important documents even from all of the devices. Right, everyone who's authorized Everyone who's authorized can access, but it's just one shared library. So everyone in the family has access and there's no cloud storage required. So the files are private and safe. And you can search by anything, the date, the person, the location, the keyword. Um, It is a true game changer. And I think that like, as all of us continue, we have all these devices and you've got these, it's like, where does, where does it all go? Right. You know, my mom had like boxes and boxes of photos from when I was little. Yeah. But that's like, at least we knew where the boxes were. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, like, I'm like, where are the pictures of Birdie as a two-year-old. Do you know what I mean? Right. And then Milio is the answer. It yeah. really, really is. One um, of my favorite features of Milio, I just think it's such a cool thing, is that it'll even help you try to figure out who a person is in a like if you have an old family photo based on other photos that you have in your Milio library. It'll it'll say like I think this is your Aunt Paula. That's amazing. I yeah. do love that. I love that. I haven't utilized that yet. I need to try that. It's very cool. Um, that's very, very cool. Um, 
Guys, just trust us. MyLeo is the photo storage solution you've been looking for. It was what we were looking for, and I bet you're looking for it too. We've arranged a special limited time offer for our listeners. Get 25% off your first year of MyLeo when you sign up for an annual plan. To get the offer, go now to our special URL, myleo.com slash best. That's M-Y-L-I-O dot com slash best. Get 25% off your first year at myleo.com slash best. Okay, so... ACLU. Hold on, I might have stopped. Okay, first was the ACLU thing. Jen and I went to do karaoke for a second. Okay, wait. This was like a whole fucking situation, and it really bummed me the fuck out. So Jen and I went to do karaoke after the ACLU. This noise is killing me. Can you hear it still? Not right I can hear the I can hear the light fixture shaking, but, yeah. you know. Okay, let's start again. The whole thing. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, so yeah, so like last week was just a really fucking weird, it was just weird and emotional and weird. But um, I went to this ACLU thing um, that was like in combo with Harness, which is the thing that America Ferreira does. Oh yeah. Which is great. It's like she has this this organization called Harness and essentially they like inform artists about social justice issues that are happening and ask them to be participatory in right. activism, which is just fucking awesome. And I love yeah. it. And so the ACLU was partnering with Harness on um, one of their sort of like educational for artists evenings. And so I, w- I had that. I went to that. And then afterwards, Jen was like, let's karaoke because there's this place around the corner from where you are. And I was like, I'm in. And I started live streaming it and we were having fun. And then Birdie lost her mind because I was like out with Jen and I put it on Instagram and she felt like it was like um, hurtful. It was very hurtful to her that I didn't want to hang out with her. And it's very hard to be a parent. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I also was like, I wasn't going to stay out that late. And it was like, I had the ACLU thing. But specifically, she had gone to see The Little Mermaid that night with her with Tallulah, who's like the babysitter slash friend that we love. Yeah. And she knew, because when they told me about their plan to go see The Little Mermaid, I was like, oh, shit, I want to go see The Little Mermaid. That was, you know, it's my favorite movie from when I was a kid. Yeah. And then Tallulah texted me separately and told me the night that they had gotten tickets for. And I was like, oh, I can't. I have this ACLU thing. So then, like, Birdie, like, turned it into her, like, made it in her head that I lied about doing this ACLU thing to get out of going to The Little Mermaid so that I could go karaokeing with Jen instead. Mm. And like, it's just, it was just like the stress of literally like she was graduating from eighth grade. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, yeah. I, I and she she's was channeling other stress and into she's 14. This. You know what yeah. I mean? So like, even though Bertie is so, um, in so many ways, like, so you can get tricked. She's so smart and, and articulate and like, 
knowledgeable about all kinds of things. She still is like a kid sometimes. Right. And she had gotten out of the movie and they were in the cab on the way home and she turned on Instagram and saw that I was live and then saw me and Jen doing karaoke in this like karaoke room and like jumped to 17 different conclusions. Right. And then decided that she was like painfully hurt by me, you know? And it was just one of those things like where I was feeling super bummed like about all of my life choices like my, <laughs> like truly like not not like like just that existing in this time at this in this moment in history like with this um uh technology and stuff right. is like so difficult to navigate like for everyone yeah, yeah. and that I'm and that it like didn't even occur to me. That didn't even occur to me that right. Bertie could see it and think. By the way, I had been at the ACLU thing until literally three minutes earlier, you know. Right. But like it doesn't. It doesn't. Also, doesn't matter. Like right. the truth in those things, like in those situations, like when you get your feelings hurt or whatever. Like the truth so rarely matters. Do you know right. what I mean? Yeah. No. One hundred percent. Like. <laughs> But it just felt yeah. like, it was just like, ugh. it would just yes. felt like, it was like a bummer. It felt like that a fucking bummer. That happens in my family. The, the inventing a story about what's going on happens in my family a lot. And it's something that we have had to work on a lot with various members of my family. Like, the only way to get the real story is to ask someone what's going on. And by the way, like, you can't come into it upset about what your idea of the story is already, you well, know? But that's, and that's, and also, yes, as an adult, we are, yes, we can but do that. But it's hard when, But it's hard you know. even as an adult to do it. Yeah, yeah. Well, let, guess let, who's let doing alone. it in my family? We're all adults, so, you know. Oh, that's true. That is actually true. <laughs> so, but I'm just yeah. saying, like, yeah. And then, so for Birdie, yeah. So then it was, then it just was like, I was just bummed. And then a bunch of people showed up from the ACLU thing that I was at. Yeah. Um, and then I just was like, I got to go because I can't. And then I felt like I let, I don't know. And then I felt like I was a bad friend to Jen. I don't know. I just was like, it was a, well, it's, it's like a moment ruiner. It was a moment like, ruiner. I got like, like, I was just like, I got, and then also like Jen and I drank a bottle of sake really fast. <laughs> And P.S., when you come home in that, like, after having your moment ruined like that, like, it's not a happy homecoming either, you know? No, so there, like, there's wildly, no winning in that situation. No, it really, and, yes, and there's, like, you know, and there are just dynamics of me and my, um, and Mark, like, where it's, like, it's tricky still to, like, figure yeah. that stuff out, you know, because he, he was, like, a little bit, like, what is this mess you made? Like, you know, and right. I was, like... I don't know, fucking figure it out. And he was like, well, it's not like, I don't want to. No. Yeah, I'm not involved in it. Yes. And I, yeah. while I get it, I also was like, fuck you. Figure <laughs> <it out." laughs> like, but then, you know, but then I was also like, whatever. So I had to go. And then I was, and I was bummed about that. And then I just was like, because I felt like I was like a bad friend and a bad mom. Like, you know, like we talk about how like when you're a working parent, especially working mom, especially, I mean, yeah. you just have days where you're like, 
I'm a terrible mother. You have other days where you're like, I'm a terrible worker bee. Yeah. And then some days you're like, I'm bad at everything. And then some right. days you're like, I nailed it all. Right. Um, I was having just one of those days where I was like, I literally can't do anything right. Like I hadn't seen Jen in so long and like we both have had a bunch of stuff. Like we, I just wanted to like hang out and have a good time with her. Also, like anytime there's that kind of conversation, Bertie will be like, I'm gone in three months. You won't right. have to worry about me at all. Well, Which can like, I tell you something? A little bit. I'm like, Bertie, I'm never going to not worry about you. And <laughs> also you're never going to be gone. Totally. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, I don't. Right. If I may share something, and I hope that anyone involved in this story doesn't mind that. But when I agreed to take the job to come to the West Coast to do Busy Tonight, that was not without talking to my husband and making sure that he could transfer his job. Lincoln, if Lincoln had said, no, I want to stay in my high school in Connecticut, that would have been it. That would have been the answer. That's it. But he said, no, I actually think it'd be interesting to transfer high schools. And then Eli was given the option to come West with us as well. But he chose, he wanted to stay in college where he was Mm -hmm. and he had a girlfriend and he wanted to stay on the East Coast and that was his choice. But yet... It was a really, the the couple months leading up to it where we were going to part ways for a mm-hmm. while, just put distance between us, mm-hmm. it was really difficult. And everything that either one of us did led to something that wasn't about that thing. You know what I mean? Right. Like. Like, my birthday was shitty. Like, he didn't come to my birthday dinner because he was doing something else. And, you know, and I was like, this is to punish me. And and I think, like, both of us were feeling that way. And finally, I was talking to my friend, Ashley, who we mentioned a lot on the podcast. And she was just like, what's, you know, what's going on with you? How are things? And I was saying, like, it's been really rough between me and Eli, not everybody else, even though everybody else was going. It was just between uh, him and me. Mm-hmm. And uh, and she was like, listen, I don't know what the solution is, but can I just tell you something? Like, I'm in my 30s. My roommate's in her 30s. She just told me that she's moving out to, like, be with her partner, and Mm -hmm. I'm being mean to her, and I can't stop myself, (laughs) you know? And I just was kind of like, it. after she mentioned that, then I noticed, like, that I have even, even friends who, like, when they would come to L.A. and, like, we'd either work together or visit each other or whatever— Parting is difficult. And there was a time, too, when I was like... Listen, Shakespeare said it. <laughs> such Parting. sweet sorrow. Such Parting sweet is sorrow. such sweet sorrow. Yeah. So, I mean, I just... I think it's a thing that we that we gravitate toward doing. Well, I mean, you know... No, Gurian I know. used I to was... always try to get in fights with us when he would, like, leave. <laughs> Does he mind that we're saying this on the podcast? When oh he God, would come right. work on oh my God, Busy oh my Tonight. God, oh, my God. Oh, my God. I forgot about that. I forgot about this. And it's my favorite thing ever. It also does make me like love him so much. Yes, because he's like so human. And he was like having feelings about 
he would come work on like busy tonight for like eight weeks or whatever away mm-hmm. from home. And then he'd have to go back to New York to like do mm-hmm. his regular job. And then next thing you know, he'd be like, I'm so mad that you didn't have lunch with me. You guys got hamburgers without me. Right. <laughs> and I'd be like, I'm not going to get in a thing with you. Cause like, I know that you're just sad that you're leaving and we're sad too. Right. Right. It's just, it's just a thing that people do. So I, I it's so true. It's, it's so true. I know it's yeah. not helpful because I'm not offering you any advice for how to head it off or whatever, but I just hope that like in the moment where it's happening, because I guarantee it's going to happen a million more times before the time that you just like can say to yourself, this is just a thing that people do. And it's a thing I do, historically right. speaking, too. Like right. we all do it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. I left a job one time and I thought I was leaving on such good terms. And um, my boss was so mean to me, like in the last two days, like they really tried to be so nice and so cordial through the whole process of leaving. And then in the last two days, and then I just remember like, Like, I remember specifically the person being like, you are terrible at making coffee. And I was like, why bring it up now? (laughs) Like, A, I'm not. Uh, It's the same for everyone. You put the grounds in the thing and you press the button and coffee comes out. Like, I'm not doing it any different. But, like, also, why bring it up now? What, like, it, like, then I'm glad I'm going. You know what I mean? But it was like a thing. Like, they were trying to start a thing so that I could be like, well, good, then I'm leaving. You know, and they could be like, well, she always sucked at making coffee. And it was just a it way of like. It's funny that people do that. Yeah. So, yeah. So, Birdie did that to me a little bit. And I'm sorry. I was feeling, oh my God. It's okay. I mean, it just was hard. It's been, you know, it just was hard. But then also, like, you know, there are things that are difficult for me to remember how to be an adult and a parent and not a teenager. Still, like, I do feel like that is one of my biggest struggles as a parent is being a parent and not a teen. Right. You know, I'm so youthful, guys, in (laughs) so many ways. (laughs) But also, like, I was having, like, a real reckoning with, like, weird boy stuff last week, too, where, like, I think the full moon was sort of activating the realization of my one sort of consistent pattern that like I really thought I had dealt with in Hoffman and then maybe I didn't do as much work as I thought I had and maybe I need to do a little bit more. But just like the, um, like like people who just aren't as interested in me as I, you know, like like right. getting like sort of wanting to, trying to, wanting unavailable people, like people who are like not able for whatever reason, they could just not like me or they, (laughs) or they could, who fucking knows why anyone does any, everyone's a weirdo. Like who knows why anyone does anything, you know? But I like feel like I was sort of dealing with that, like, like just dealing with that in my almost like just in my head, like nothing was happening. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It wasn't like there was anything happening. I'm not dating guys. Um, (laughs) Please. Who? (laughs) I 
I don't even know. Like, apparently everybody just meets online because no one knows how to, like, even be a person anymore. You know what I mean? Like, right. But I'm not. That's not, I'm not dating. Anyway, the point is, I just was having this, like, reckoning with myself. Like, looking at patterns and things. Yeah. Anyway, so that was weird and hard. And maybe it had something to do with my, I don't know, my throat. I don't know. Like, I always believe in these body connections with stuff that's going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, well, it's hugely emotional too, you know? Like, you're just so vulnerable. Like, literally someone's at your throat, you know? Like, it's it's emotional. Yeah, that was intense. Yeah, and then Birdie graduated from eighth grade, and it was adorable and great. Um, it's a little too long. <laughs> and I was this <laughs> ceremony, I was like, mm. <laughs> definitely could have cut like 45 minutes out of it. Um, <laughs> I had cuts. I had notes. Um, and she looked adorable in her vintage dress, and her friend Bevy looked adorable. And... Um, the gym was also freezing, mm. which is like, just, I hate that. It was like comedy temperature. <laughs> I was going to, I'd prefer freezing than boiling, but. Okay. That's fair. That's fair. I feel like I can, sur- I can survive longer in cold than heat. Yeah, same. That's true. That's true. But I did go, I did have to leave my little folding chair and go back to a window and I was oh, laughing. Sure. I was thinking of you because yeah. I was like, <laughs> I could see the security guard checking me out. And he's like, what's this, what's this lady doing? And I was like, She's don't worry, sir. She's pressing herself to the sun. I'm just trying to curl up in the sun like a lizard. <laughs> um, but it was really sweet. And then, and then, yeah, I had my thyroid thing. And, and then that was, par- it was on the full moon day. Yeah. No, wait, full moon was Saturday, right? Yeah. Yeah, but it was Friday. And I was a little bit like Mark took me. Yeah. I had to, someone had to take me because I was on a lot of Xanax. Yeah. Um, Because they don't put you under because they actually wanted me to talk during it a little bit. So that oh, the, yeah, my, it's sure. so close to my vocal cords, I guess. Yeah. Um, but like that made me kind of weirdly sad in a way. Like having him be the person to take me and be there with me. Yeah. Um, just like all my life choices, guys. I was just calling into to question all my life choices. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But just like to give you an example, like it was, it's so far, far, it's in the Heights, like Columbia Medical, whatever yes. is like super far uptown. Yeah. And so we had, and we had to be there pretty early because they like squeezed me in first of the day. And so we drove, because even like an Uber is so expensive to go up there. Right. We drove and I was, as soon as we like got off, I have been there before, obviously, for my like appointment with the doctor. Yeah. And so I was like showing, I was like, I think you park right over there. But Mark like couldn't just do that. Like he had to like go or, you know. Yes. Yes. And I was like getting so frustrated because I'm like, we're not married. Like, you're my friend taking me to this thing. If I were your friend, you should just, who's getting a procedure done, 
you should just go where the friend points to fucking park. So then right. I was like kind of running late, like because he had to take his sweet ass time to make sure that that was the lot that you park in, which it was. Right. And it just was like this stress. And I just started, I got so upset about it. And like, because again, it's like, it's not about that, you know? Right. And it's just, we do a really good job. I think we've been doing in recent times a good job of adjusting our relationship so that it's not how it was like when we were a couple. Right. But it's, but it, but it makes sense and it's like friendly and like good, like yeah. close, but yeah. it's not the same. Right. But that was just this one, that was like a perfect encapsulation of like why I don't want to be married to you. It was a throwback. <laughs> it was like a real fucking throwback. And it made me like, when I'm about to go in to do this really scary fucking thing, like right. just, and then I was just like, I wished, you know, I just wished Emily had been, like, I just wished that yeah. it had been somebody who could recognize that like, I was like really stressed about it and to just fucking turn right and park where I told you to park. You know what I mean? Like, right. Right. Because I feel like any other friend would do that. Right. And would it just hear. would hear that. And like, it yeah. just made me upset. It like just bummed me out. He's so wonderful. And I'm, this sounds, you know, I have to be careful because I feel like the, talking about this, then that's the other thing. I'm like the same thing. Like, I'm like, have I just done my entire life a disservice by like, well, listen, talking he, and doing, you know, like I just, I talk about everything. I just, I'm like, here's what I want to say is that I hope that who's Mark's ever going to want to be in a relationship with me. <laughs> I hope that Mark's not upset by this because I think this is like a classic relationship thing. You know what I mean? And I will say, I, and I hope that I'm not fucking something up by saying this, but in his defense, on a surface level, you were saying, I'm okay. This is fine. Like, I'm not worried about this. I'm not, you, I heard you say it myself a million times. I'm not worried about this. So if that's the message that he was getting, like, on face value, and he wasn't, like, reading between the lines the way, like, another friend might be able to, like, read your face or read your mannerisms or something, then, like, yeah, that's an issue. And then... I've been in this situation personally a million times where I'm like, don't you know me? Don't you know that like what I'm saying with my mouth isn't the same thing that I'm saying with my eyes or my body? And like of all the people in the world that should know me, you should know me, you know, but that's, it's a tricky thing. And I don't, I hope that Mark's not upset by you sharing that. And I hope that nobody's upset because again, I think it's a thing that happens in relationships where you're like, and why? friendships. It's not just like romantic or right or formerly romantic or whatever. It's like whatever it, it is. happens in a lot of. I I know that this is. I know I've been guilty of it myself with friend with friends. Yeah. Don't you? I think can you not hear me. Right. Right. But I also like you know I've struggled so much in my life of like. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Right. I'm not fucking fine. Right. And right. it it has been a struggle for me to admit when I'm not fine and be 
sort of more open and honest with people about that. Then I had a situation with a friend over the weekend where I was like, hey, this thing happened. I feel weird about it. Like, it was just like a dumb thing, right? Like, yeah. And we're not that close, but I just felt like I, I don't know. I just wanted to like clear it up because I felt like it had been, it could have been misconstrued, whatever. Do you know what I yeah. mean? Like you've had, everybody's yeah. had those things. Yeah. And nothing, didn't hear. And then like got like a, oh, sorry, I've just been super busy. Like I got like a, I've been really busy. To be fair, like I know my friend is like fucking going through it, going through yeah. some shit. Yeah. And I, and so, so trying to like, like mine is my need more. You know what I mean? Like is my right. need to make sure that it's okay. Right. Like, um, am I more, asking them to stop yes. and comfort me when they don't yes. have the space for yes, it? Yes, exactly. And then, and but it just like put me in this whole fucking tailspin a little bit. Yeah, the full yeah. moon was just a bitch. I think, it and was then we ended up talking I, yesterday and was like, totally fine. fine. You know, well, it's it was fine. like it was a little bit like, sorry, I just, I'm sorry, I didn't, I didn't have the space because right. I am going through this other, sh- all this other shit, and I. Right but you're a good friend and what, you know, you know what I mean? Right. I was going to ask you if you thought the full moon was doing this because I have had not a week like that, but I have had um, an unusual number of people like reaching out to me, really wanting to be comforted about something that they remember as like an incident where I'm like, I don't even remember that at all. And like, to be honest, like it's not even a blip on my radar because I have my own shit that I'm going through. So like, like, thank you for the apology or thank you for the concern or whatever. But like, I had already moved on and forgotten that it must just be something in the moonlight. I think there was something to it yeah, energetically or whatever. Like, I mean, there had to be because it was really specific. Like it yeah. felt really specific, you know? Yeah. yeah. But also just like fucking hard. Like it just feels like things are difficult, you know? Yeah. And like, I don't know. I don't know. Also, the idea of like not giving okay this idea i do think that like some of the like tiktoks instagram social media um therapizing has really fucked people up and like i was thinking about this like cuz in regards to me maybe putting or feeling like I put out more energy towards certain relationships than I receive back from right. it, right. from from them, like yeah. to continue it or to keep going or whatever. Yeah. And then I was like, so I was really thinking about this, you know, over the full moon. And then I was having like, that's just a lot. I didn't even tell you about the procedure. The procedure was fine, guys. Um <laughs> <laughs> but it was really fucking weird because it was I like, it wasn't even. just a needle. It was yeah. like tools that they put in through like a. And like also they how like it was puncture. going across. Like it's bad yeah. enough to just have it go directly in, but to have it go across <laughs> from another. Yeah. Yeah. It was gross. Um, yeah. Mark said it was like sickening. 
<laughs> to watch it. And I was like, yeah, can't I can't imagine. Can't imagine. Matt, Matt Devenham would not have made it through. No. Uh, watching that happen to me. No, it was, I think it was pretty gross. And, but, and then it was afterwards, I just like went home and slept. I actually went to Casa Kismet because kids weren't in school on Friday. And I just was like, I got to just be chill and not just sleep. Yeah. Bothered. Um, not the children were bothered, Jesus. No, but you but anyway, just want, but yeah, I just wanted you want like, them to not to be feel alone. like they have to walk on eggshells either. Yes. I mean, and we know now if I was in this <laughs> house, somebody walking upstairs would be causing me a Shake great deal of agita right off the wall. Um, but anyway, so yeah, the procedure was fine, and then uh, Saturday, yeah, I was thinking a lot about that, like the. And even just like in within dating people and, you know, and that conventional wisdom of like, girl, you got to not, don't reach out so much and blah, 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 blah. And then I kind of was just like, this is fucking bullshit. Like, so what if I am a friend who like reaches out a lot to other friends or when I'm dating people, like, I'm like, I don't know. There's a part of me that just feels like that is who I am. I care about other people. I care what they are doing or up to. And like, and it's okay that I am the one that like sent the last text. Do you know what I mean? Right. Or reached out first the last time. And I don't mean this just purely with romantic relationships, although I don't know how the fuck I'm ever going to navigate that shit ever (laughs) in my life. I have to be honest. I'm like, yeah. Who fucking knows? But I do mean it like even with friendships because making new friends and a lot of people, I know you guys, I hear you ask like making new friends in your later years. Yeah. (laughs) 30s and 40s. And people are like, how the fuck do you do it? And, And I think that part of it is like being secure in what you and who you are and like what you have to offer and then like doing what you want to do. If you feel like reaching out to a friend, even though you're like, if you take stock of it and you're like PMSE slash or full moon moment and you're like, wait, I'm the one that's always asking her to hang out. That's right. weird. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But fucking, so what? Maybe that person has like a thing and they don't reach out to people and make plans. I don't Exactly. Well, this maybe is what they, I maybe people say. count on you to be the one yes. to connect. Yes. I will say. Well, let's just take for example, like my friendship with you and my partnership with you. Like I'm basically flexible and free whenever. Like you know my schedule. You know what I mean. Like my kids are grown. We know when the podcast happens. You know when editing of the podcast happens. You don't text me to talk in the middle of editing the podcast because you know I'm working. You know what I mean? And so, but I don't always know your schedule. And so sometimes I am just like deferential to you on communication or like getting together just because like you're running around. You have two kids in two separate places. You have, you're working on a million things, you know, so I just feel deferential. I'm always deferential in terms of like social 
things. But I'll always defer to like someone else's schedule or whatever because I pretty much, my obligations are flexible. So I leave it like that, you know? But I also do have a thing where I'm like slightly anxious sometimes depending on the friend um, but it's most friends really for me, I'm sometimes anxious reaching out to someone. Cause I'm like, what if they're too busy to like hear my little joke or my meme or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, and there are some friends where I can just text and if I don't hear back, I'll just know it's like, oh, cause they're working or whatever. But I have other friends if I text and I don't hear back and maybe it's cause I don't know their life well enough. It will like cause me to spiral a little bit. Like you, like we were just talking about, like imagining a scenario where this person doesn't want to hear from me. They don't have time for me. And once that happens a couple times, then I think like I adjust my, uh, my rhythm of communication with that person, like going forward. But it also like colors all of my rhythm of communication with all people because I do have that anxiety where I like, I'm like, who am I to like invade, you know, this person's life with my whatever, you know? And I also try to be super respectful of like, you know what? It's past eight o'clock where that person is. That's probably like family time or it's before nine o'clock where that person is. It's before waking up time. I try not to text people on the weekends because I figure that they hopefully have plans on the weekends unless I know that they don't, you know, just shit like that. So like I'm again, like putting all these rules rules on communicating with everyone, you included, but I don't even know, like, it's not something that we've ever talked about. I don't even know if it like necessarily applies. But I think that that's the the truth is that we all make these stories. Mm -hmm. Like it's the same thing with Birdie and the Little Mermaid. Yes. It's like, we all build these things in our heads. Right. That like, we didn't actually, the, the story of the Little Mermaid, by the way, is that Birdie had plans to right. see The Little Mermaid with her friend. Right. And I was like, oh, I'd like to go, but then couldn't because I had I had other plans. Right. But then it became turned into a rejection right. based on like her feelings of like me picking other things over her because, by the way, that's one of Birdie's things that she's going to have to deal with in therapy like for the rest of her life. Like right. I get it, and but it just is, you right. know? Yeah. And like, and she's a kid, but like that, but that is, I know, I think that it is one of the trappings of having a famous parent Yeah, is that I think that Birdie struggles with me, like with feeling as though other things are more important to me than her, which is like, right. Anyone fucking knows the most ludicrous. Well, I mean, and that's any insane, kid too, yeah. is that any kid is like uh, resentful when you're not there and when you are there doesn't want you there and would rather die than do anything that you're suggesting. And that's how I, you know, my, I'm still working through, like when I was a kid, my parents got divorced. My mom joined this singles club that she wasn't even interested in dating anyone, but she hung out with the people in this fucking singles club, like every spare second that she had. And it was tough for me because like, while I could see on the one hand, like it's good to see my mom like happy and laughing. Like I was in my house by myself 
a lot. And it was like pre-cell phone days and like pre-driver's license time for me. We lived on a fucking farm in the boondocks. And like if I wanted or needed to go anywhere, it just wasn't happening. You know, like if I needed a poster board for a project or whatever, it was like there was no DoorDash. There was no. So that's like a thing where I'm like, I'm glad that she had that time and that she was happy. She could have checked in with me a little bit about what if I needed anything at all or human companionship at all. Yeah, I mean... But that's not the case here. (laughs) Well, it's not the case here, but that is also so fucking indicative of just our generation and how we were raised. Like, just like, truly. Like, I mean, no one checked in on any of us. Exactly. Ever. Exactly. Did they even fucking know where we were? No. <laughs> right, I mean, right. It's so true. But with in Birdie's case, it's interesting that her feeling is that any time away from her that I choose right. is to be away from her either is is me choosing or me saying like that this other thing is more important to me than you. Right. Like her feeling is that I should be with her whenever she wants as much as she wants and that it's on her to say, "Oh, I'm good. I'm going to go out with my friends today." Right. Do you know what I mean? Like and then you're supposed to be able to predict the variables of it. The moment she'll be home. Correct. Like if she if she had gone out to dinner after the little mermaid, Correct. she never would have seen. Yes. Right. I think the only the only real temporary solution is for all parents to block their kids on Instagram. Well, by the way, that was part <laughs> of what I was like I why is this bitch watching my stories? Like how right. how she how she watching my stories? Right. Like I don't I have to tell you, I have a friend who has a teenager who's a great teenager. Yeah. But I had to be the one to tell her the friend that like, yeah. oh, your daughter's just blocking you from seeing her stories. And she's right? like, what? <laughs> and I was like, oh, babe. Yeah, like you can block people from from seeing your stories. And she's like, you can? <laughs> I was like, yeah. You oh can. my gosh. Anyway, thematically, there's something to relationships happening for real. Like whether, you know, like, I don't know yeah. if it's this week, but I mean, whether it's like, I don't know. And then like, I do, I do wonder, should ask Mark about this. Like with guys, if I ever date again, I do <laughs> wonder if that thing is true where it's like, if they want to, they will like get in touch with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Maybe, I don't know. I don't know. Because some of that stuff I do feel like is like, I don't know, tied into like patriarchal bullshit. You know what I mean? So well, it's like it's hard probably, for me to like. It's probably the same as us. It's probably a case-by-case basis. And probably lots of guys are listening to that bullshit. And then lots of guys aren't. And like both guys are taking a huge risk too. You know what I mean? Listen, you know that I don't give it up for guys ever. No, but nor I should do we. Have, no, nor should we. They have every advantage and it just, I never give it up for guys. That being said, I do have like single woman friends who I know are on the dating apps 
And like, okay, sometimes men act atrociously on dating apps and, you know, that's, that's like a thing. But then sometimes I see like girlfriends kind of like posting an interaction with a guy on a dating app where they're just kind of like mocking him or whatever. And I'm like, that, like they're risking too, you know what I mean? And so I'm like, guys can't fucking win sometimes either, you know? So I think, I I don't know. I think it's about just like having a conversation with the guy that you're interested in and being like, you know, <laughs> like not to be weird, but like, let's hammer this out. Like, let's hammer out like what our communication style is. Oh my God, what, that's it. That's what fucking gives you everything. Anxiety. That, wait, but also I think that that's really useful with friends too. Yes. Yes. And like, we don't do that enough. We don't like say to friends, like, what's the deal? How do we, yes. how are we doing this? What, yes. what kind of friend are you? Here's what I'm looking for. I love friends that I can text 10 minutes before and, and say like, hey, are you, do you want to go to this gallery with me? Right. You know what I mean? Like, I yeah. love people that are like spur of the moment. Like, yeah, let's go do this thing. Yes. I don't know. Anyway. It's interesting. I don't know. It's just interesting. It is interesting. I think it's worth like trying to have a conversation with someone about what their communication style is, if they've even ever thought of it. And again, shout out to our friend Paul F. Tompkins, because like I didn't even know like the etiquette of how you like texted or messaged with someone because that was like not a technology that we grew up with. And he was literally the person that was like, oh, you can text anyone anytime. You don't get your feelings hurt when they don't respond right away because maybe they're in a meeting. Maybe they're at a show. Maybe they're in a movie. You don't know. Maybe they're working. Uh, And also, like, when you're done talking, just end the conversation. You don't have to say, like, talk to you later. Thank you for talking to me. Yours sincerely, comma, Casey Sainach. You know, you don't have to do that. So anyway, I think it's worth it at the risk of seeming weird to head off future, like hurt feelings or weird. Like, I think it's worth trying to have a conversation if it means a lot to you. I'm trying. This is, I really do feel like the, like being as open and honest with how I'm feeling with everyone is how I'm, is how I've been trying to move through the world, especially. And like identifying that sometimes is the trickiest part, right? But like once I've really sort of identified it, just being like, this is is where I'm coming from. Yeah. I think just trying to identify our feelings to ourselves would go a huge long way to like feeling better. Because I think a lot of times we're just walking around and know that we're having some kind of feeling that's affecting us and we're not even like pinpointing like is this sadness is it loneliness is it anger mm. and then we're just vomiting it all over the place anyway oh sakara life listen i don't know about you but i get i'm like overwhelmed i got too much stuff going on i've yeah. got a very busy schedule and why I love Sakara is because Sakara delivers ready-to-eat, plant-rich meals that help me look and feel my best. Even during weeks where I'm like crazed and can't get my shit together, back-to-back meetings, all kinds of things. 
running from place to place, kid stuff. Yeah. Not kid stuff. And it also just like makes me feel good and keeps energy high because it's science-backed, nutritionally designed meals that I genuinely look forward to eating. Seriously, they are delicious, you guys. Very we, delicious meals. We talked a little bit on this podcast today about like your your future self looking out for like your present self. And that's mm-hmm. what I feel like, honestly, when I get Sakara is just, I feel cared for. Mm. Like, like I have someone taking care of me and it just happens to be like the me of yesterday, like yes. looking out for the me of today. And it's really, really helpful. It's a big deal. I mean, their meals are also expertly designed to support your goals, whatever they are, from weight management and clearer skin or boosted energy, gut health. Um, They're also, again, I'm just going to say it one more time, delicious. They taste good because I'm going to be honest. If they didn't taste good, they would just sit in my fridge. I just, I'm not going to eat it if it doesn't taste good. Right, and you'd feel guilty. Exactly. You feel terrible. That's not the case with Saqqara. It's actually really delicious food that I would eat even if it wasn't healthy, but it, it is. Um, well, guys, Sakara delivers science-backed, plant-rich nutrition programs and wellness essentials right to your door. Their ready-to-eat meals are nutritionally designed to deliver results from weight management and eased bloat to boosted energy and clearer skin. And right now, Sakara is offering our listeners 20% off their first order when they go to sakara.com slash best or Enter code BEST at the checkout. That's Sakara S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash BEST to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash BEST. Oh, little Gina's been sitting behind me this whole time and with me for most <laughs> of the podcast today. And... Gina Linetti just loves eating her Sundays. She loves her healthy dog food that is TBH, very easy for me to store and serve. I don't have to remember to defrost anything. <laughs> um, it's just there. It's air-dried dog food made from a very short list of human-grade ingredients. I know your girls love it. They go insane for it just when they hear me opening the cabinet where the box is. Well, Sundays was co-founded by a practicing veterinarian, Dr. Tori, and it contains 90% meat, 10% vegetables, 0% synthetic nutrients. Um, And I have to say, I have felt like Gina's breath has been improved since <laughs> I'm not kidding you don't want to hurt her feelings but eating Sundays that's why I'm talking quietly <laughs> I'm talking quietly she also just like loves it she just loves it I mean softer fur fresher breath better poops more energy not that my girls need more energy but the better poops is a big deal the better poops is always a big deal for all of us I mean yeah. I would I you know the human version of Sundays is also, you know, <laughs> always, always, or always on the lookout. So many of the things that advertise on our podcast, I feel like we're like, it makes you poop better. You know what I mean? And it, they've this got is our just number. The, they really have our number. And this is definitely, this is our canine equivalent of like, it just makes them poop better. Um, anyway, every order ships right to your door. You never have to worry about running out of dog food again, which is like literally my nightmare. And it costs about 40% less than other healthy dog food brands because Sundays doesn't waste money on shipping frozen packages. They just spend on what matters, sourcing the best all-natural ingredients 
for our babies. <laughs> and by babies, I mean dogs. Um, we worked out a special deal for our dog-loving listeners. Get 35% off your first order of Sundays. Go to sundaysfordogs.com slash busy or use code busy at the checkout. That's Sundays for Dogs, S-U-N-D-A-Y-S-F-O-R-D-O-G-S dot com forward slash busy. Upgrade your pup to Sundays and feel good about the food you feed your dog. Somebody is here to talk to us who could probably answer a lot of the questions that That we've had already. That we've had. Because we're talking about a lot of moon shit. Marcella. (laughs) It's our friend Marcella Kroll, who we've talked about a million times on the podcast. Has so much exciting stuff, work stuff has been going on for you. Also, I do want to just shout out the Sacred Symbols Oracle deck because... I have I have an extra one, Casey, that I think we should give to a listener. Oh, great. I have one in my possession. Because, okay. um Because when your Roast Iconic deck came out, the company yeah. that is publishing them, making them, selling them. Mm-hmm. The publisher. One, the publisher <laughs> sent them to me. But mm-hmm. I, I was like, I like was very excited about Roast Iconic, but I'm my Sacred Symbols Oracle deck and I have like a very personal relationship and I don't need another one. So I just had it sitting uh, downstairs on my bookshelf waiting to go to the to its new owner, but maybe we can just give it, Casey, you can do it through the Substack to someone. Yes, yes. That would be so cool. I, I I'm so happy to be here. Thank Hi. you for being here. It, it feels really surreal because I listen to you like as much as I can, you know, and, and I'm like, oh my gosh. And I'm, Sitting here live with you now. <laughs> <laughs> well, we listen to you as well, yeah. so it's very exciting for us. There's so many full circle moments. I, you know, I know, it's kind of trippy how many full circle moments. I mean, between each of us, I think it's. I, yes. so too. I mean, you, you know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I think we all know, right? To a degree, can I? <laughs> I share think so. We yeah, share. Let's share, share, share everything. Well, like one. <laughs> well, one. I'm. I moved to LA on a whim in like 2006, like on an airplane from New York with $800, like with no dream, no direction. Anyway, after a year of doing retail and like, I ended up houseless and I was like, uh, basically crashing in an abandoned apartment for a minute, like for two weeks. And all I had was my laptop and I would go to the library and rent Freaks and Geeks DVDs. (laughs) So I'm like sitting in this abandoned apartment, like my, going, what am I doing with my life? Watching Freaks and Geeks. And that was like what got me through that weird period, like of time. I think I was like, that stint, I was, I was houseless for three months. Which wow. Insane. Yeah. And between my car and abandoned apartments or, you know, side of the road and uh, Freaks and Geeks, like is what got me through it. So oh my God, this is very surreal. And then and then Casey, I, you know, in 2000 and when was it? 2007? I don't know. I, I did a, I was on Joan Rivers um, TV show with her daughter. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And, the reality uh, show. The reality show. And it was like right before I went full time doing readings. I so, love that. Yeah. Do you, and- feel, do you <laughs> feel like that gave you a little boost to be able to go full time or? Oh, you know what? That was actually 20. 
12. Yeah. Right. Um, so I went full-time in 2009, but I didn't okay. really like believe that this was my job. <laughs> yeah. You know, and even well, then, I'm so curious between 2006 and 2009, how did the, how did your, how did you open yourself up to that readings and witchiness yeah. that you were, that you could like manifest money, you could make this a career? You know, it kind of was an accident and it really, I, I had been like into astrology and tarot and like witchy stuff, like from like 18 on, you know, and I always been into like weird things when I was a kid, but like, you never growing up in New England, I grew up in Rhode Island and people would be very dismissive and be like, yeah, yeah, whatever. You know? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I'm familiar. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I kind of like dismissed a lot of it. And I also had like a double life going for a while where I had my like kind of rock and roll music, punk art friends. And then I had my like weird spiritual friends. So I would like do kind of side to side things. Um, And then I lived in New York and I worked as a buyer at a very well-known buy, sell, trade place at Beacon's Closet in Williamsburg at the time. Mm -hmm. And I worked as a stage manager at a burlesque club, which still exists. And then I would do random readings for Eastside Ladies by word of mouth. And I would be like the reluctant reader. I didn't want to do it, but people would tell people about me. (laughs) (laughs) So I got to LA and I have no vision, no plan. I just knew I couldn't be in New York anymore. And I worked in a showroom for a designer and I worked retail. Um, And then I lost my job. I got fired for the first, only, only time in the first time in my life for not being the right vibe anymore. Oh my God. Which is Ugh. hilarious. Very LA. Um, after I got like one of my tattoos on my neck. But anyway. You're uh, like, that was the vibe. The vibe was, was the, ta- the neck tattoo. The neck tattoo. <laughs> Turns it out. Was like, I literally didn't have any of this here, by the way. Like, okay. I, I, I was not, I was heavily tattooed, but you couldn't see it as visibly. But I had no choice. I was like, you know what? I could do, I would literally do readings for like sandwiches, like for money, for meals. And, um, and then it just kept happening. And I still would like, I forced myself to get jobs. I worked at the library. I was a messenger clerk for the Los Angeles Public Library. You know, I love the I Los love, Angeles Public Library so much. They're amazing. They're amazing. <laughs> they are. They just like, and people would be like, you work here? Like they were so confused that I worked there. Um, <laughs> and, like, the kids would be like, are you doing hours? They all thought like I was doing like community service. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then one of the... The teen librarians had said to me, would you ever like do tarot for teens, like a class? This was at the library. I was like, they don't want that. They don't want that. Yes, She's they like, do. they do want that. Yeah, they do. <laughs> and I'm like, all right, fine, I'll do it. So I like reluctantly did this class and they were like, okay, this is great. We're going to um put it up against the review board for the program directors, for the main library, all the branches, it's going to go into the system and now any branch can book you. And I was like, what? (laughs) Wow. Yeah. So that happened. And then- That is like, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's like the universe just being like, hey, 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 here's your thing. Like, (laughs) you know, you got to just, okay, sure. Yeah. It just like happened. And I was like, all right, cool. And I really did not think anything would happen, but I did that for 14 years. I retired doing it this last September just because I was, I've been like trying to leave, but, um, I feel like Southern California is keeping me hostage at the moment. Well, listen, let me tell you from someone who was kicked the fuck out. 
<laughs> that when Southern California is ready for you to leave, there is no mistaking. You will be kicked out. I well, was I definitely out. am out of LA. Like, it, like yeah. I'm in Long Beach now, but like in LA will not let me back in unless it's like to come do a random job. But um, I was working also like, here's the other thing with the work. Like I was working in a cafe, like I would work in this beat up, like 90s style coffee shop in Echo yeah. Park. I'd go in at like 530 in the morning and I would open and I would work until like 12, 1230. And then I started doing readings at night and I would do them wherever I would do them behind stories, bookstore cafe. I would do them at the Rose Bowl at, in Hollywood. I Medusa lounge, which doesn't exist anymore. All these oh, places. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. And then Mystic Journey Bookstore opened up at the same time as uh, Stories where I was. And I went in there on a whim because I saw a Craigslist ad. And (laughs) I got hired on the spot. And it was terrifying. Um, And then it just kept happening. I was like, this is the only, I can't work in a coffee shop anymore. I have to do this. Yeah, right. So it just kind of like became a thing. Why does it sound like someone is drilling in my house? I'm sure someone is. This is so strange. Yeah. It must be at the building next door. Yeah. So, so you just had to, you had to, something it had just to give. happening. And I was like, I can't like work a coffee shop job and do this. And, and things just kept like piling up opportunities in terms of it. But I still didn't know what I was doing because there was nobody doing this. Like right. professionally. There was right. no one I could. And then. In right, LA, because also oh like the. I mean, Instagram and building a business, having the ability to build a business that way didn't really exist. It didn't until things really shifted and changed for me because of Instagram. But yeah. That was more like 2015. Yeah. That's what I would say. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Like 2014, 15, 16 is when like every, if you had a, I don't know, like you, there was just, you had a bigger reach. Everyone had a bigger reach. Yeah. And so... Well, that you were sense. able, there wasn't this algorithm thing, like people could right. naturally organically find you. Right. And at the time I would just be posting things that I'm shockingly, I'm like a introverted extrovert. Like I'm extroverted only sometimes, you know, like in certain situations, but I'm mostly an introvert. So it was like an introvert to dream to be able to be like, I can just like share all this weird stuff I'm into and put and, it out into the void. Right, and put it into the world in a way that like, doesn't actually require participation on the other person's yes. side. Like, no, I get that. I feel that. Get. Right. Yeah. Like, I mean, that when was, I would do those at the Rose Bowl, I would get, like, screamed at by born-again Christians. Yeah, that's <laughs> oh, terrifying. God. I don't want that. I don't no. want that for you. That's no. terrifying. <laughs> it's like my idea of, like, when I was trying to become a writer, someone encouraged me to try stand-up comedy because that would make me a sharper writer, which I did do it for um, a couple years, but I never loved it. And all I would tell myself the whole time is, like, this is going to make me a better writer. But I realized at some point that if stand-up comedy could be that I would just go to, like, an event and go around and do jokes to people individually, that would be great for me. But I just didn't want to get up in front of the whole group and do my act. I wanted to just do some jokes for groups of one to three people. One to three people. That's where you shine. (laughs) (laughs) But Twitter kind of allowed for that, Casey. Yes, 100%. Yeah, because you you can like sort of, you were able to sort of 
imagine that you were just putting it out there for one to three, a specific person. Yeah, this is just like for my Uh one friend who will get this. And then if 85,000 people like it, great, but- Yeah, that's what I would do when I with Instagram stories too. When I started, I obviously I was like thinking I was just telling one person, right? Like a confessional type vibe, right? You don't think of the you guys. I have to show you Gina right now because this is (laughs) this is the most. Oh my god! Oh hi! Oh sorry! Oh hi! We should do a magic in your familiar reading sometime with her. (gasps) Oh my god! I would love it. Well, I already know. You know, she's our cat reincarnated. This is really funny. Oh my God. That is really funny. You guys, I wish I could have taken a picture. I didn't do it fast enough. But these paws <laughs> just like floating in the screen. She's <laughs> so funny. Um, I know I would love to know what her what her whole she's just like my yeah, she really found me. This yeah, one. she's your familiar. She is my familiar. She oh my gosh. Familiar. And you have your familiar, Lord. Yeah, that's oh my God, why we love Lord. Lord is so cute. Lord is she's a special creature. People often are like reptiles are not, you know, warm or friendly, but she is super friendly. And I feel like I've kind. really gotten to know yeah. the soul of a reptile through Lord. Like I like <laughs> I really feel like I get it now. Like you know, like I I maybe am one of those people that's like I don't understand people that would have like a snake mm-hmm. or in their house or like a but Lord is genuinely funny. Like she's got a personality. Yeah, she I'm does. like a wackadoo. I did her chart. I mean, I had to. <laughs> I was literally stressing out this morning because I woke up in the middle of the night thinking maybe I'm not able to move because I haven't considered where Lord wants to be. Oh, that's like, actually oh. interesting. Right. So I was and? Like, oh, I need to look up the astrophotography of her chart, like a maniac. Like, oh my God. so I was like frantically looking this morning and I was like, no wonder she doesn't want to go back to me to go to Providence. It's not good for her there. No. <laughs> well, listen, now, you know, I think that's very, I think that's, I think that's amazing. Um, I'm trying to be considerate because she's like a powerful manifester. And I know I sound, I you know, I don't even care anymore if I sound wackadoodle. Like she has made things happen in my life in a way that like, I did not think was possible. And I'm like, you know, just like learning. She taught me how to love. She taught me how to like open myself up and I've never had a pet before. And like, I don't know, she's got special magic and she's like made things happen. And I, I, I don't ever want to like, I want to give her the same reverence that I would give, like if I had a person in my life, you know? Yeah, that that makes so much sense. I don't think that sounds wackadoodle at all. I don't either. Well, it's interesting that you bring up like sounding wackadoodle because I did want to ask you, Marcella, like, I know, and I know when we put this episode out, people are going to be like, I'm skeptical of these things, which I'm always like, I'm skeptical of people that say they're skeptical because I think it's just a way of like shutting people up when you feel uncomfortable with the ideas of some things. Um, But the way that I feel about these things, and I think we've talked about it a little, a little bit in the past because we talk all the time. um, I think of these things as like, they're just, it's the same as like the way that some people feel about religion or self-help books or like these systems for living. I just feel like 
I'm looking at these things and using them as like guideposts to like be intentional about what I'm doing. I feel like I'm the magic that's gonna, or like you said, like Mm. Lord is the magic, like pets are magic. You know what I mean? And I feel like in my own life, I'm the magic that's gonna make something happen by, you know, continuing to pursue, let's say luck. You know what I mean? Like people are like, that's such a lucky thing that happened in your life. And I'm like, yes, it was lucky, but also like I've been working toward this and I've been open to receiving luck. You know, and so I just feel like it's just like a way of living where I have my eyes open and I'm like, oh, you know, today is about letting go of things that it's time to let go of or today is about beginning new things. And so I just use it as like a little bit of like guideposts or whatever. That's just me. Like, I think Mm -hmm. that we are the magic and and that we make these things happen. But how do you address people that like kind of come at you with their skepticism? I said, great. It's not for you then. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Like more for the people who it's for. Um, Yeah. I think there's like this element of, well, there's a few things. One, like, um, Magic and being open to the invisible has literally saved my life. I mean, mm. I, there's been a lot of things in the physical reality in the world that I just couldn't believe was, you know, couldn't believe in or wasn't there to like help me or wasn't there to like actually like nourish me. And it was mm-hmm. the one thing that I never felt like I doubted. There was one time in my life where I I felt like maybe this is all BS. Um, and it was like a really profound breakthrough that I had. So I think there's a couple of things. One, I just say like, I've, I've talked to so many different walks of life and I've had like non-believers I've had, what do you call atheists? I've had, I've actually had minister, a minister come to me once, which was really bizarre. Um, and I'm also like delusional and I, I've like a lot of, if you know where I come from or what I grew up in, like I, you'd have to be delusional or believe in something outside of yourself, not as like a like force that you can't co-collaborate with, but like there's every day we're waking up and creating reality. Yeah. And I think that we live in a time where there's so much information where we can like, why would the invisible not be there? Why would these things not be there to guide us? And if that's the way your brain has compartmentalized it, like, why is it not valid? I think that's why I believe in, like, I believe in everything in a way. Like, I don't have a set traditional path. And I think that is on purpose um, for many reasons. I mean, Mostly because I do believe the every anything's impo- everything is possible, mm-hmm. just as you can also make things impossible when you close your mind to it. Right. Right. So a lot of times, like back to being delusional, like I would never have be where I am today or do any of the things that I've right. gotten to do these amazing things if I wasn't a little delusional. That's right. Right. I say that about myself though, too. Like I think about baby me mm-hmm. and And I've always had like magic in my life and things have shown up in ways that there's no logical or scientific explanation for. Um, And and I've just always 
believed it. Like I've just always believed it's there for me and it shows up, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and I think about when I was a kid and I was like a teenager and I'm like, I'm moving to Los Angeles. I'm going to go to go two years of college. I'm going to get on a television show and I'm going to be an actor on like a big show. And literally like to the minute, you know, like I did the thing, I did the fucking thing that I had been saying for so many years leading up to that I was going to do. And I remember meeting Mark, who's like, who's like a very like logical person, man. He's very much like, um, you know, he's just, he's very like, he needs to see it to believe it. And I do think in our relationship, I mean, other than our children, probably the thing I'm proudest of is that like, I literally made him become like a manifester of magic. Like he can do it now. Like he literally can do it, you know, because he's saw it so much and was like, oh, this actually is fucking real. Yeah. I think that's, and there are people that I think that's part of their purpose to show people that, that things are possible and different. And, um, you know, I definitely think you're one of those people that like you show people by how you show up and, and, and people see it and they go, wow, okay, that can really happen. And, you know, there are people that are in fear, you know, a lot of times they don't, they don't want to know certain things because they're afraid of, you know, what they might find out. Um, but I, I don't know. There's just, uh, you know, I don't, I don't spend much time with naysayers anymore. And it's mm-hmm. not because I don't value a different opinion. I just like can't live in a reality where you don't believe that things can be different. <laughs> right. Oh my God. Why? I... <laughs> like, why would we do that? You know? Um, and I'm, it's interesting because growing up, I didn't know that these uh, you know, things that I could do or sense, like I had to find a lot of this stuff on my own. And then it wasn't until 42, I found my biological father, um, by chance. And I never knew who he was. And then we, you know, he's like, the first thing he said to me on the phone was, I see you took that gift of ours and turned it into a living. And I was like, excuse me. Wow. (laughs) That's amazing. And he, is sensitive, but his mother, my grandmother, who's still alive, lives in New Hampshire. I talked to her once on the phone. She's a tarot reader. She was a tarot reader at Woodstock. And her mother was institutionalized for seeing things, but also being in an interracial marriage, which was illegal in 1931. So I was like, this stuff is going to, if it's here for you like it's gonna find you whether or not you have the foundation or the the manual that's right how you work with it because do I think everybody has abilities it's it's a mixture of yes and no I think not everybody has the ability to access them Mm -hmm. because of the layers of fear or you know just societal things it's a little bit frightening to be made to believe that you're, you know, there are a lot of times people have called me crazy or something derogatory. Right. And then only to be like, you were right. And and I'm like, duh, I can't. Story of my fucking life. No shit. I was like, I'm just like, I, I'm so done being, I can't put myself around people who plant seeds of doubt all the time. I had to spend my whole life, uh, adult years retraining myself to trust my intuition because I grew up in a pretty, pretty violent uh, home, 
with a mother who is pretty awful. <laughs> and, you know, I like learned that the, I had to like, it was like what I learned was backwards. Right. And I had to shut down this very integral part of my system. Like I think about like all the time, like what would have happened if I was actually like encouraged and supported and, you know, but I have no regrets, you know, there's just this, like you learn when you learn, when you're ready. And I think I am a person that it takes me a long time. Like you said, people think like, oh, that luck just happened. This just happened. I'm like, you didn't see the nine years prior. Right. You know, of course. Right. So that's the other thing too. When you're doing something that now that it's really prevalent, you see people online all the time, readers, astrology, all that stuff is really accessible. But when I was doing it, I didn't have anyone to talk to. Right. You know, um, and the communities that I was connected to, I didn't really fit in, you know. Do you, but right. you feel, do you feel like you've found more community now in the last several years through Instagram too? I mean, I, I, I watched your Egypt trip. Oh, Egypt was amazing. Um, yes and no. There are aspects of it. Like mm-hmm. uh, that group that I went with, I went with 22 Teachings. They're a hermetic magic school that I teach at. I'm not hermetic magician. What is that? What does that mean? What is um, a hermetic magician? There's different magical paths. And hermeticism has like, they do a little, like it's a little bit of a Kabbalistic path and a few other things, but they're very, very form formula like and they have a way of doing rituals and magic and I respect all of it and I love that they like have me teach there all the time and even though I'm kind of like the wild card I'm like we don't need to follow this eight point rule (laughs) (laughs) I got to I so I've, I've been really fortunate and lucky enough to connect with different people to have these like amazing spiritual experiences But when I am like on my own in the day to day, I, I'm like alone a lot, (laughs) you know? Um, So I, it's strange. It's like you're connected, but then you're very disconnected when you shut the phone or the screen, you know? Yeah. You also talk a lot about autism. Yes. Yes. I am autistic. (laughs) So can you talk a little bit about that? If you think being autistic has anything to do with you finding yourself in this place in your life? Does it have, does it have to do with the loneliness that you're experiencing? Like, how does it, how does it shape who you are and what you do? Oh, it's, it's wild because I around, so I got sober and then I found my biological father. And then a year later I was diagnosed autistic. (laughs) Wow. all these like identity shifts and huge identity shifts major and finding out I was like oh you're autistic you're not just a bitch that people keep saying you're a bitch (laughs) and I'm like I'm just direct like what is this you know or right I had to like go through a lot of a grieving process for all of the times that I did not feel like I was understood or Mm. had support and that Mm. was huge. And I lost a lot of friends. I lost a lot of friends that I thought would be supportive actually. Um, And it was really, it was a grief in itself. And I think that, you know, some people are like, do you think that your intuition and your autism are connected? And I'm like, yes and no. I mean, I think 
they're all part of the recipe. Um, right. And I think those, it's, it's changed my life in so many ways, knowing how to actually show up for myself now and not feel bad about it. I used to shame myself so much about, and I would overdo it and then I'd be overstimulated and I would be a bitch. I'd have a meltdown, but I didn't know that that's what it was. I didn't know that I needed care in a different way. And I don't apologize anymore for it. Now I used to apologize all the time because I felt so ashamed that like, why can't I just be like not high maintenance or I'd pretend to be like easy or cool about things when I was not cool at all. And then it would just build in resentment. And then I would just opt out of doing things. And I'm like, why can't I actually just do things and ask for the support I need? Right. Right. Um, And that's challenging when you grow up in a hostile environment. So you can't really ask for your needs to be met. Right. Um, You don't even, you're, that's a new skill you have to learn. Yeah. So I feel like I've had to learn a lot of things as this person who suddenly got a bunch of information that they did not have prior, which, you know, to get that information in your forties is kind of mind blowing. I mean, even just like, I grew up mostly with my mom's mom because my mom was a, a party monster. She used to follow bands. She was a groupie. And then like, has like a bunch of kids. It was a wild environment. I had an adopted dad growing up. He was amazing, but he was young too. And I grew up mostly with my Italian grandmother who wanted me to just be this box and to find out like through my father's lineage, I have my um, indigenous ancestry, my West African ancestry, my Filipino ancestry, all these things that I used to like not understand why I didn't fit in. And then to find out the psychic component and then to find out the autism, it's like, what, (laughs) who am I? Like these, all of these things are really great to know, but like, how would my life be different if I had, had that kind of container of support when I was younger. Right. So it's a trip. It is a trip. And I also think like, like you had said, you know, the information comes to us when it does. Right. And like, I don't know. I think about sliding door moments all the time. Like how would it be different if you had found your dad 20 years ago or whatever, but yeah, that that's not this that's not this timeline. Like that's right. not this that's not this version of events, right? So, I mean, do you ever struggle with that? I like with the timeline of it all, like I sometimes am like just like the fuck is this timeline, guys? Right. <laughs> I want I want the different one. I want the one where you find your dad 20 years ago. You know what I mean? Sometimes sometimes I do literally say to myself, in another timeline, this is all going great. Like to comfort myself. No fucking shit. In another universe, in this is all fine and it worked out fine. No, I think that's a big part of the, you know, what we can do now in the present moment. And it's something that I teach a lot. Like when I do classes or things, or even in like, I I wrote a book. It's not, it's not coming out till next year, but one of the things in it is um, sending healing down the timeline to younger versions of self. And I think that the work and I, it might sound out there, but like, I really believe that I made certain choices in my past because of who I am today. I think me now sent, like, cause there are certain times where I'm like, why did I 
decide to up and leave? Why did I do this? Why did oh, I do interesting. And I really think that in some weird kind of quantum physics way, yeah. I, old, new, you know, present me sent he- healing to me at that particular age and it changed my response. And right, I, the I really trajectory. back to the future did. Yes. I really <laughs> believe that. You can do that and help and not just for yourself. I think you can do it ancestrally too. Like I can think you can send it to your ancestors. You can send it um, to yourself and it, and it does make a difference. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. I had an experience one time where I got really into like flotation deprivation, like sensory deprivation. Yeah. You loved it. Like I bought a pack of, so that I could go like 15 times or whatever. And the first few times I went, I couldn't stop my mind from racing and I would actually like panic in the tank. But then eventually I got to a place where I could be calm and relaxed and even like maybe even fall asleep and like enjoy all the colors that would be like flashing before your closed eyes in the darkness. But then I had this really interesting experience where I just like visualized adults me just kneeling down and caring for small me and being like, it's going to be okay. It's also okay to mourn the things that are never going to be in this time. It's okay to be sad about the things that are never going to happen. And you know, they're never going to happen. And I'm here Mm -hmm. to tell you that none of those things that you're wishing for right now are going to happen. But here I am and I'm okay. And I got you like, I'll get you to where I am now. And that for me was like a huge breakthrough, not just in terms of like flotation tank jollies or whatever, but like just in life, like going forward in life. I was like, oh, I can do that. I can comfort my small self. And so I kind of think that's similar to what you're saying, because if it's true that I was sending that to myself back in time, that was probably what gave me the strength when I was seven to be like, oh, fuck this. Like I got to get up and keep going. That is like, it's also a very Hoffman thing. I just want you to know. Really? Yeah. Like one of the things that you do in Hoffman that I still do to this day is there's like a guided visualization sort of meditation thing where, and they don't tell you the age. Mm -hmm. They don't tell you what, who you're, who you meet, like which versions of yourself show up. Right. But um, there are like three versions of yourself and you like have to, you, you talk to those, those girls, you know, and like you make sort of an agreement that you're going to take care of them. Yeah. And I love that. It's really, it really is incredible. And I have to say, I've continued to do that thing. And the age of my girl changes. Like it changes mm-hmm. based on what I am like currently grappling with. Actually, I'm going to do it now, Casey, now that we've brought this up. Cause I, Marcella, before you jumped on, I was like, we were talking about the full moon last week and I was saying that I was having like all this, these issues of, um, like, I mean, whatever, so many, but <laughs> so many fucking issues. No, but like, we're like the idea of being home in oneself, you know, as opposed to like home being a place. And then also like healing this thing of being drawn to people who maybe are like not as interested in me. Mm-hmm. And like trying to get people to love me in the way that I want to be loved. And like that stuff is all, that's like good. That's a good, that's a, that's a ripe area for me to go back and look at 
some age of myself. I don't know. We'll see who shows up. Well, and I, you know, one of the exercises I like to share with people is doing like a letter to your former self, which is Mm. like find an age that really is prevalent in your mind that, and then write to them from where you are at now and let them know where you are at now um, and what's going on in your life and what has changed and what is different and what, you know, maybe you've grown from that you didn't know at the time you were going to grow from. And um, that always is like so freeing and liberating like to be able to, to do that. And, um, you know, the other thing you could do too, is like, write yourself a little pep talk note. (laughs) That's like, for a future version, you know, just put it somewhere and like put a date on it, like open this in August, you know, whatever. And then find that note to yourself later and see what's shifted. Oh, I love that. It really helps. Yeah. I think that this has just been such a, time, time to be alive. It's been a time to be alive. And, and I do think like so many people who probably are listening, so many people that I'm friends with, I don't know. I feel like it's not that I have gravitated more toward like magic and astrology and signs and things like that because this time has been so confusing, but in a way it has helped me process the confusion of the time and not even make sense of it. Because sometimes there is no sense to be made of some of the things, you know, but given me just like a piece for myself that I'm, that, that I think is the thing that we like have to return to all the time, which is like the ultimate knowing that this is, if it's, if my intentions are like toward a greater good, Mm -hmm. that that everything will happen, the universe will protect, will support, will has got me, and everything is going to happen exactly the way that it's that it has to, and yeah. that it, the way that it should in this in this world, you know. Because, and I love that you said that, like you said it, busy too. I love that you said everything will happen the way that it's supposed to, or the way that it has to. Because I think a lot of times people are like, if I just trust in the universe, everything will turn out great, and that's not like we know that that that's no. not true. Bad things happen, hard things happen, but like that literally is life. And, you know, there's a difference between thinking that, like, there's some sort of, like, plan or, you know, or believing that there's, that you can try to follow a plan and knowing that, like, it doesn't always end up being a gift in the moment. Mm -hmm. You know, I love that you said it that way. Yeah. Well, thanks, Casey. Oh my gosh, you guys. Obsessed with Thrive Cosmetics. You know it. Yes. You know it. Obsessed with all of the products. Like all of them are great. But in particular, I know you and I have the same number one favorite Holy Grail product. Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. Guys, guys, (laughs) guys, listen to me. If If you hear one thing from me, be at this <laughs> right now. When you hear the like call to action, so you know, because you're going to get like a special code, <laughs> go buy the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. I swear to God, yes. you are going to love 
it. I have never had so many compliments on my mascara <laughs> since I started wearing this Liquid Lash Extensions mascara from so Thrive good. Cosmetics. I'm not kidding. I wear it. I ended up having them get it for me on Girls 5 Eva. Great. Like I I only want to wear this mascara. And it's and it's crazy because I was like very much against um tubing mascaras. Oh, interesting. I really hated them. The ones that I had tried, I really didn't like them. This was sent to us when we were going to try out the brand to see if we wanted to advertise with them or have them advertise with us. Yeah. And um, I was, so to say I was skeptical. Yeah. I was skeptical. (laughs) And you guys, I'm not kidding. Like I'm truly obsessed with this. It's the only mascara I want to wear now. And I actually need to order more, but that just reminds me. I'm going to use our code. <laughs> um, but I use an eyelash curler and I use that mascara and I am not kidding you. It has more than 25,000 five-star reviews for a reason. It looks like my lashes are like, I don't want to like oversell, but I'm just telling you it is there, it's incredible. It lasts all day. It comes off easily with just right. warm water. Right. You don't even need soap. No, but, like and, raccoon eyes at the no, end of the day. I don't understand why it's so good, but I love it. And I want you to try it because I want you to love it because I love it. Casey <laughs> loves it. I'm, I'm getting really excited about it because I like genuinely love it. I'm so excited too. I have really oily face. Every other mascara smears under my Same. eyes like within Same. minutes. Same. And also I have really sensitive eyes. So every other mascara irritates my eyes. So not only Same. am I, I'm smearing it around myself by rubbing my eyes. This Thrive Cosmetics Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara, no problems. No smearing, no rubbing. Well, part of the reason there's no parabens, sulfates, or phthalates. Um, it's certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. They, are, it, they make it with clean, skin-loving ingredients. Um, and they are called Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E, because cause is a part of their mission. Um, part of their mission is that every purchase supports organizations that help communities thrive, such as people who are battling domestic abuse or um, homelessness, cancer, and more. We looked at all of the organizations that they support. It's all good stuff, guys. We promise. We love that. You can do your own research, but we love it. Um, And I just want you guys to try Thrive Cosmetics and see for yourself, specifically Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara is what I'm saying to you. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order when you visit thrivecosmetics.com slash best. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash best for 20% off your first order. We love you, Thrive Cosmetics. Oh, ZocDoc. Guys, it's that summer season. Here's what I'm going to say to you. Kids are out of school. People are traveling. Right. You know what's going to be your best friend in this time? I'm going to tell you. ZocDoc. Get that app on your phone. Get the app on your phone. Because thousands of medical professionals on ZocDoc are here, there to help you. Yeah. They will get you the expert care you need or your kid needs or anyone in your family needs. And... You don't have to go down like some rabbit hole 
on TikTok trying to like decipher your own or your children's symptoms. If you're right. in like a visiting family in another state or on vacation somewhere, ZocDoc has come in clutch for me so many times. It happens when one without of us, fail. Without fail. When you're traveling. My kids have come down with something on every vacation we've ever gone on. And with ZocDoc, you can find the doctor that's right for you. And it's very seamless. Um, the quality care that you or your family needs is just a few taps away in the ZocDoc app. It also is a great way to find doctors in your own neighborhood. You can read real patient reviews. You can see if they take your insurance and you can see if they are available. And a lot of times the doctors are available as quickly as like the next day. ZocDoc is the only free app. It is free and it lets you find and book doctors who are patient reviewed, take your insurance and are available when you need them and treat almost every condition under the sun, guys. I'm just saying ZocDoc has come in handy for me so many times in my life. With ZocDoc, you're going to know who you're getting and where yeah. you're going. No more Dr. Roulette or scouring the internet for questionable reviews. With ZocDoc, you have a trusted guide to connect you to the doctor that you need or your new favorite doctor that you haven't met yet. All right, guys, listen to me and Casey, go to ZocDoc.com slash doing her best and download the ZocDoc app for free. And then you can begin to find and book a top-rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. That's ZocDoc, Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash doing her best. ZocDoc.com slash doing her best. Wait, should I pull? Should I pull a card? Yeah, for us. Go ahead. Yes. Yeah, pull a card. I have my. Yeah, I, have my little I love that. I pull cards all the time, and Birdie and I pull cards together sometimes. Oh, Cricket and I pulled one the other day. I also like. I do specific things. I have taken a page from your general weekly readings, and sometimes I just do my own. Mm-hmm. Where I'm like, what am I being met with? <laughs> what do I need to let go of? What am I going to bring in? Um. But like I was like doing my, I was doing the cards the other day and the energy has been so weird. Have you, this full moon like knocked me on my ass. This full moon leveled me. Like (gasps) I could not, I was so physically exhausted. I have been exhausted for a while because one, I had a major surgery like it was two months ago and I'm still not fully like my energy levels aren't fully back. And then like I did a big festival, which I never do festivals. I like taught two presentations at Lightning in a Bottle, which was like a huge, massive. It looked amazing. It was really cool, but oh my God, so exhausting in the best way. But I was like, wow, I am completely depleted. And then the full moon hit and I was like, oh my God, I'm laying on the floor. I lay on the floor a lot, like lately. (laughs) You know, it's my favorite place. Yeah. It's like all I can do sometimes. So good. Flat line on the floor. Lord came over. She's looking up at me like, what are you talking about? (laughs) Ah, transmute. This is the card. Very card. card. It has a, it's a green card with a snake on it. And it's the transmute card. Yes. I love that. 
I so like that you're going to read from the book. <laughs> yeah, I was going to read. Yeah. This is how I do it. This is how I yeah. use the. This is how I use it. So okay. okay, to transmute is to convert one energy into another. The snake is a powerful symbol of transmutation. You're being invited to accept its gift of shedding, to help you process something important. Use this ability to make magic by transmuting the snake's energy into something new and beneficial for your growth. Meditate on this symbol when you need some assistance in changing the energy in your life. And the symbol mm. is the snake. The snake represents our ability to connect to our own inner alchemist, to let go of the old by being able to shed its skin, thereby allowing for constant evolution. I love this for you That's and me, so Casey. Great. Casey, I, for I us. actually think this is for us. That's the card for Because we're transmuting right now, Casey yes. and I. Oh, and Marcella, you're, yes. you're, this is, it's all going to make sense. <laughs> In the future. Okay. It'll it'll yeah. soon make sense. And also, like, back to, like, skepticism. Yes. People who are feeling, like, a little skeptical, w- tell me, what about everything busy just read isn't just good life advice for anyone? Right. <laughs> you know what right. I mean? Like, what about that isn't, like, a positive message to be, like, I have the power to shed old things that I don't need anymore and go forth in a new skin that that's just good advice. That's like and it's I, also like it's it's about pra- bringing the practical into into the ma- in the magic right together. And I think that there's a lot of times people who are skeptical skeptical are really just thinking of like these kind of really outdated like ideas of what mystics and psychics have to offer. Like it's like yeah. kind of like a weird like movie projection of what they think like you know i'm just gonna tell you something really um like you're going to die on the 34th (laughs) day of the 17th year of like whatever i don't know whatever it is yeah they just like imagine some weird i feel like sometimes people that um feel like they're very science oriented are skeptical but here's what i always take away the smartest person i've ever met in my life and i've met a really really lot of very smart people but this person was a nuclear physicist very smart and also older had been at it for a long time wasn't like some whippersnapper and he said he told me that he found that the most scientific truly scientific people were also the most spiritual because they know that there's things that nobody knows and they've, Mm. you know. I'm just going to put it out there, but if you want an example of that, Sir Isaac Newton. Yes. (laughs) I mean, I I very, very briefly, I'll go over Sir Isaac Newton, who is like revered by scientists and engineers. It was one of the most magical spiritual alchemists alive for his time. And he was like, a lot of his work was like burned or lost, but then there was a lot of stuff that was refound and, and um, people don't realize like he, he was a magician, (laughs) you know? (laughs) And it's like all these, these skeptics and these people who are like science, science. I mean, I love science. Science is, science is magic. Yeah. You just said you had surgery. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. I mean, obviously you rely on science. I do. And then I also rely on the mystical aspect of, I don't know if it's too TMI, but like I had a hysterectomy mm-hmm. and I think here's like the magic, right. Is in the mist and the, and the medical is that medically I was having this, these issues and not only medically, I like did a bunch of like 
uh, hypnosis beforehand to like kind of check in. And one of the things that was like, when you let this go, you're letting go of like the sadness that you've like inherited on a cellular level from your mother and from your lineages and your all these wounds that are in the womb and I was like people I I mean and I tell you do I feel completely different like do I feel like less of a heavy emotional burden yes I do because I do think that medically yes I got a lot of alleviation yeah. With the procedure, but I think on an emotional and a cellular level, that's the magic, like those memories. And they, mm-hmm. I mean, we have memories stored in us, you know, that's oh my God, 100%. mystical. Well, that's science. It's so right? funny because even with my thyroid ablation that we just talked about briefly at the beginning of the show, because I was like talking about the moon more. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, that I have the, so my Val, who I see here, who's like my energy worker that I go to, who we love, shout out Val. Hi. Um, she was like, the, it's something really interesting about the, it, that it's the right side of your literal throat, like that you have some things you got to get out, like, and it's got to go. It has to be. And she's like, and I love that it's literally radio, like it's frequency that is going into it to like, get it to go, you know? I think that there are ways to look at, yes, all of these things you can, they're, your body does wild shit. We need the medical science to come in and help us with it. But like really examining the why and the what and what it could possibly mean really does help heal you, I think. Absolutely. And in, it's all of it is like, I think, integrative with everything, like integra- integrated medicine, integrated spirituality, um, and, and really honoring like the, the physical and the invisible at the same time is the most grounded and um, profound way to deal with life and existence. I mean, I, I always joke about like how I even got into a lot of this stuff was it was purely um selfish motivation i mean i was like why am i like this yeah right like looking was, for your own to... answer right yeah it wasn't to help people it was <laughs> it was literally like it was because... not altruistic it was literally it to help myself it wasn't altruistic at all yeah it was literally because i could not figure out why i was so different and not because of like oh i needed to be special but like i just i was like I would ask my mother daily, like, who left me here? You got the wrong kid. Like, I did not look like anyone. I didn't think like anyone. I didn't act like anyone. It was very alarming. So um, I I actually overdosed at 18. And when I was in treatment, I started learning how to make charts. And I got a deck of cards from my adopted dad's mom. Like, she gifted me this tarot deck. And I was like, okay, like, I need to figure some stuff out. And, and again, it's that, to that thing of like, it's going to find you if it's going to find you. But I also am a believer in, we have so much information now that things that used to be set in stone or faded, we have the power now. We, we have the knowledge, we have the information to change our realities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I feel like imagination, like, I, I think that people think of like creativity and imagination as this, like talent that people have but i i really think of imagination as like 
saying, putting out there what is possible. You know what I mean? Like once something is imagined, it's practically real for me. Because if you can imagine it, it it can be, you know? And the thing that people do is they tell you they're not visual or they can't imagine it. And I I say, I challenge you. (laughs) For the people who say, I I'm not visual, I can't imagine it. I ask them, can you can you visualize your bathroom? (laughs) And they're like, yeah. I'm like, can you see where the sink is? If I ask you, can you see where the toilet is? They're like, yeah. I go, there you are, visual. Right. You can visualize it. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's actually a great. That's so, yeah. Anyone listening who's like, I can't do that. Yes, you can. (laughs) And that's the hardest part is when we say it's because we can't see it. And that's always something I recommend to people too when they are doing like rituals or manifestations, right? And they say, because a lot of times we're asking for things that perhaps we have not had in our lives. Right. So if you can't imagine yourself with it, you're not going to manifest it. So I always say, I would like to call this in or something better than I can imagine. And, you know, like cap that, you know, like, because a lot of times if it is something that I've not experienced, how can I imagine it? So why not? ask? How could you even know? Right. Mm -hmm. Oh, I love that. That Um, Okay. Wait. So you have a couple, let's just plug your workshops so that people can, because we should. You know, yeah, because um, um, you're an incredible teacher and you also do readings, but I don't know if your books, I don't know how you're doing that now because you were taking a break for a while. Yeah. And I open them and I close them again. And I, I have a few things coming up. Um, I like, I'm going to Denver this coming weekend for a big, like, um, INATS International New Age Trade Show with my publisher, Union Square and Co., and I'm doing a deck signing and some talks and I'm teaching um, spiritual fitness for magical people on Friday. That sounds fun. It's called for heaven's sake. Yeah, it's really fun. And then I have a few classes coming up in LA in person, which I'm excited about because I haven't done too many in-persons in a while. So, um, there's a place called open eye crystals in mid city that I am teaching. Uh, I'm doing cord cutting one-on-one meditation class on June 25th. That's my birthday. Is it? Yeah. Oh my God. Yay. And then, um, and then I have a past life healing workshop there in July. It's going to be a past life healing meditation to find your, one of your past lives that's affecting you today. And then a couple of weeks later, I'll be doing a first incarnation meditation, which I really am stoked on because it's a meditation where we go back to your very first like imprint as an energy or a person or a being and find out what your soul's first imprint and purpose is to see where you're related to that now. Oh, I want to do that. That's so yes, cool. So I, I want to do that those. too. Yes. That one um, is in July. I can't remember right now. They're both on a Saturday in July. I, um, but yeah, I have like, I signed with a publisher after self-publishing my decks for nine years And I had done a small run with a small publisher of one book, but this publisher, I got an agent. I've never, this is the whole thing. This is all new. Like, right. Especially before, like, I'm like, I need an an agent. (laughs) I'm so used to doing things myself. And I got this agent and she got me in some pitch meetings. And then they were like, well, we want to reboot like all your decks. And would you write a book? So Sacred Symbols came out. Rose Iconic just came out. Um, and then in the fall, 
my tarot deck, the Dreamers Tarot, which is a non-binary archetypal tarot deck, totally inspired by the teens that I worked with over the years. Their input made a major impact in creating something that felt relevant to them and accessible. Um, That's coming out in September. And then um, Nature Nurture, which is my animal oracle, uh, Nature Oracle is coming out in the spring. And then Healing the Liminal is my book which comes out in the fall of 2024. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. I'm so excited about this. I feel like it's one of those things where you go, okay, like this is why I was born. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I have, because of the diversity within my own bloodlines and in my practices, I've often found that like, there's no place for me in a lot of traditional places. And it's been very hard, like, in terms of identity and figuring out where to fit in. And I found that I keep meeting people that are having the same issue. And so the book is basically um, kind of like a format and framework for healing with for yourself and your ancestral origins, but also for anyone who doesn't feel like they fit in. Mm. And it's supplemented by a number of stories. I wrote, they're all parables that are channeled. There's some personal stories about me, which you can tell, but then there's channeled stories. I channeled my ancestors and wrote these parables. Oh my God, and yeah, like they were coming through me um, when I was doing it, like to the point where I would write a story and I'd be like, okay, I can't do anything for a week now. Oh, like, Wow. Yeah. It's one of those things where I have like a big vision and I'm like, you know, is it too like hockey to say this out loud? But I'm like, I'd love to see these like stories as like little mini series. Yeah. You know, say it. Let's manifest yeah. it. I just like, I, I feel it. I'm like, I'm like, okay, well, there's one chapter that said it would be like, I want Jordan Peele to direct that. I love it. You know, like, I feel like, you know, different like kind of variations of these things, but I, I, you know, really hope that um, it becomes kind of, I just, I want to teach from it. I want to like people to, I hope it holds space for people in a way that maybe they haven't been held. Mm. I mean, it sounds incredible and I can't wait. You'll have to come back and talk to us again when the book comes out. Yeah. (laughs) And you've signed the deal with HBO. I know. I'm like, I, I know. It's like I was thinking about it. I was like, I want. I have big visions for this like book, you know. And I've, I can see it. Like, I can see like it hitting people in a different way because there's certain things. There's like stories within the stories, and yeah. Um, it was also really fun to write in this way. That's amazing. Know? Yeah, that's great. I love that. I can't wait to read it. I'm so excited. Yay. Yay. Congratulations on having such a big time in such a weird time. You know, it's just like a weird time in the world, in the universe, but you're over here like firing on all cylinders and just so happy for everything you have going on. Thank you. I am just like, so I feel really, I do feel really grateful. I'm blessed to exist in this like time, weird time and space. And, you know, when I went to Egypt, I was able to do like rituals, but like put prayers down for not just myself, but like for collective. And like, Mm -hmm. I don't think people realize that there are a lot of people out there who are doing magic that it's not just selfish. Like, yes, I do have some selfish things that I like would like, you know, basic care and in a place to live. That's nice. (laughs) But, but, you know, I'm, 
climbing around the Great Pyramid and putting prayers down in the belly of it and then at the top and laying in a sarcophagus and singing. Like, I'm not doing that just for me. Right. I'm doing that because the world needs healing. And if we can be more mindful of that in our day to day. And I think I love that you two do that here each week and in not just on this podcast, you do it in your day to day when people may not see you, you know? So it's just know that um, it's appreciated on so many levels. Oh, Marcella, we love you so much. Yeah, we really do. And I'm so glad that you were able to be here today. I'm so glad. Look, I'm all like, uh, I'm getting teary. I love that. Oh my God, I love that you cried. (laughs) (laughs) Is that that so weird that I love that you cried? No, it's not weird. I'm also like, you know, I'm... I'm annoyingly a Pisces, so I'm like, <laughs> you're made of water. I am. Well, we yeah, have water, fire. It's like so annoying. It's like all it, Pisces, Aries, super annoying. I'm Cancer, wow. Leo. Ah, see, you get it. That water, I do. Fire. Oof. That's I know. That's why we're. That's why we. That's why we get each other. I think totally, <laughs> truly. Um, well, have the most beautiful rest of your day. Thanks. You too. Thank and you. And follow Marcella Saved by the Spell on Instagram. She does amazing readings for everyone all the time. And it's just, it always makes my day when it comes across my feed. Oh, thank you, Casey. I, I love our New England connection. Yes. <laughs> it's a special, oh. it's a special connection. I think the New England thing, I get very excited when I meet other people who I'm like, oh, you get it. <laughs> you know, you I know, understand that because I have, it. I have a different thing with the, with the Southwest. Anytime I meet someone who's from New Mexico or Arizona, I'm like, mm, you get it. <laughs> you get it. Totally. Oh my God. So good. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, you guys um, are the best. Thank you. Thanks for coming on and we'll talk to you soon. All right, sounds good. Bye. Okay, bye. It's cold in my room. It is so cold in LA. It's like June gloom is. Ugh, I hate June gloom. I talked so much about my week and the moon and my everything. What, how have you been doing? What's your week been? I mean, honestly, I couldn't believe it was Tuesday already and that we were recording the podcast again. I felt like we just had done it like the day before yesterday or whatever. So I don't even know. Wait, that's so funny week. because to me, my this was like the longest fucking week of my life. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. It felt Somehow, like it was like three months. Somehow this week went by so quickly. The main thing for me that's going on in my life right now is that like I have and I hate saying this I'm just gonna be honest like I know I try to be all like positivity about everything but like I have started to have hot flashes which I hate saying I just do I don't want to be the age of a person who has hot flashes but I am so let's just like be real about it my hot flashes are like a Kathy cartoon, you know, when she like squirts yeah, out. She's sweat. like, ah! exactly. Yeah. That's what it's uh-huh. like for me. And so, uh-huh. like, I certainly have seen women that I think are suffering from <laughs> hot flashes that are debilitating to them. I'm just like, ah, it's uncomfortable for like a couple moments. And then, like, I just get on with my business. But what I've also been having is like, just being overcome with like shivers and chills and things like that. And at first I was like, fuck, I have COVID again. 
Or like, is this like a weird rebound from having hot flashes? I was trying to figure it out, like mm-hmm. as no illness developed. No. Did you know that menopausal women also have cold flashes? Never fucking heard a thing about it in my life. Never heard about it one time. Me neither. But cold flashes are a thing. Wait. Also, can I just say, hold on. Didn't Oprah just come out with a book about menopause? Did I just, did I make that up? Or is it coming I, out? I don't know. Okay. She, we have to look on her Instagram. But she <laughs> literally had an announcement. I'm, a, I'm almost positive, Case. Okay. She had an announcement that was like, hold up, hold up, hold up. Hold up, Oprah, Oprah. Okay, two new posts. Here we go. Here we go. Live the best life they can, because I'm living a pretty good life. But I got to tell you, when I was going through menopause, there was nowhere to turn. I mean, I went from doctor to doctor to doctor, five different doctors. I thought I was dying. And so... One of the things we've done at Oprah Daily is put all the menopause information that we think can be meaningful and helpful to you in one place. So you go to OprahDaily.com. Buckle up because things are about to get weird if you're in your (laughs) 40s, some people even earlier. And we have a test to take to see what are the symptoms, whether you're in your 40s, your 50s, or your 60s. A little quiz. Oprah looks great, by the way. Yeah. Birthday. Now read this. What to expect going ahead. Hormones versus no hormones. Okay. So, so I guess it's a new thing. Someone had given to me when I was going through the change. So she really does look fucking amazing. Okay. So go to OprahDaily.com. Okay. It does sound like they're that they are advertising on this podcast. They're not. (laughs) Just so you guys know, we're not getting a fucking cent. For right. this, but I did literally just see it like That's this wild. morning, and so it obviously was meant for you, for me to. Yeah, tell you I mean, about. I feel like it's a thing that people are talking about. Thank God, m- more, more. Thank God, and I give Stacy London, our friend Stacy London, so much credit, so much credit for that, for starting the conversation. All that being said, in all the recent talk and the the more frequent talk, never heard that you could get cold flashes and the chills and goosebumps from fucking menopause. So I've been having alternate hot flashes and cold flashes because of course, because I have to have like a special extra one. And so my whole life has just now just trying to be comfortable everywhere. Like poor Matt, our room, I make him open the windows and it's very cold here at night still in Los Angeles. So it's like freezing in our room and then we're bundled up with covers, but then I'm like throwing the covers <laughs> off and like I get up oh, to okay. pee, full peas three times a night. No. Even though I try to like, you know, empty my bladder before bedtime. I don't know how I'm getting full peas three times per night. I don't know. It's all just a lot. And like, to his credit, he's just like, what would be the best for you? Like, what is, you know, how many blankets on the bed? What would work? I'm looking at, also not an advertiser, but I'm looking at this thing called a bed jet, which is like a fan that blows into like a sheet that like blows on you. You got to stop. You got to stop. That's insane. It's kind of pricey, but I'm like, (laughs) would this help me? Would this help me not like have- Wait, I'm dying. Three temper tantrums in bed every night. I mean, I don't know. It's it's pricey, but that might be like, I might be saving up for a bed jet uh, and I'll report back to you on how how the bed jet works. Or you know what I'll probably try to do? I'll probably- 
try to rig something up with like some things I got at Home Depot and then Well, I know you. Know. you. I know you love to MacGyver a situation. And then it'll can. be like such a disaster, like I'll, a fan will like chop up my foot in the night or whatever. Because of something that I tried to rig up in my bedroom. But let's it's, not do that. But like, but also there's like, you could get one of those dog cooling beds that you fill with water. <laughs> and then you could just could. put it under, you could put it on in between your sheet. And the thing is, is I'm so particular about my bed and like the texture of my bed. So this is just like a real fuck you to me. I really liked how my bed was and I thought it was perfect. And now I'm like, unhappy in it because of this Ugh. bullshit. Well, um, here's the here's the good news. This is a season. It's yeah, not the rest of your life. So you're it just is. unhappy for a season. I did look it up. The season can last anywhere from like a Stop year it. to 11 years. <laughs> Stop so Stop uh, at first when I saw a year, I was like, I can do anything oh my God, for I'm a dying. year. I'm dying. I can do anything. But 11 years? I'm dying. No. That's insane. No. No, no, no one can do anything. That's too long. I'm going to tell you something. 11 years, too fucking long. It's not yeah. going to be 11 years. I'm giving you 3.5. That's it. Oh, my God. But it's really like not to be. I'm giving you 2.5 to 4. <laughs> and you you're know gonna be, that. You're going you're, you're gonna to nail it. I have said a million times, like, I really hate when people can't acknowledge the reality of something just because they haven't experienced it and they can't take other people's word for it. So here's me saying, like. Not that I never took any other woman's word for, like, what hot flashes were like. I mean, I, and, you know, I watched the Golden Girls, obviously, many jokes about hot flashes. But, like, I wasn't I wasn't not believing it. I just wasn't living it. You know, I wasn't paying it any mind. Uh, and I wasn't thinking about, like, oh, shit, this is going to happen to me one day. And, like, TikTok, you know, it's coming. But um, it's here and it really is fucking miserable. It's like, it's a perfect combination of, because- <laughs> I'm so sorry, I don't mean to laugh. I'm so sorry, I don't mean to laugh. <laughs> it's a perfect combination because you know me. Uh, like, I would rather be in pain. Like, I would rather be recovering from, like, a broken bone than handling discomfort for a couple minutes. You no, know what I mean? You know, that's, it's the same as, that's what Mark has always said about me. Yeah. He was like, you took that fucking, those tools- through your neck like a champ. Right. But like truly when I get a slight cold, I am impossible to be around. Exactly. Same, same thing. Anything. Miserable. Miserable. Anything that has to do, especially with like from the neck up for me, but this Ugh. is just like a whole body discomfort. And also I really hate things that are unpredictable and I hate things well, I that, think that's are, that I'm not in control of. Yeah. Part to me when I think about it is like not knowing when it's going to hit you would drive me batty. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, mine are just like little Kathy squirts or whatever, you know, like my <laughs> my so best but yeah. <laughs> my best friend from high school told me that she had a hot flash on she came to Cape Cod to like help me with my mom's place and she and her husband were saying she had a hot flash while she was on a conference call on the way there and like she almost had to get off the phone because like it seemed like she was having like a terrible allergic reaction to something cuz she so turned bright red. Yeah, she turned bright red and she was like drenched in sweat and um 
And so she's obviously pretty new to this game as well. And so, like, that sounds much more severe than than what I'm dealing with right now. But I just hate the discomfort, unpredictability, and my lack of control in the situation. And I also hate that I got the fucking phantom menopause chills. chills. What the Which fuck sucks. is that? that I've ne- Literally, here's what I will say. Here, Other women, I've never heard any of you mention it before. So if you do get it, please, someone, reach out to Casey and just yeah. be like, yeah, sorry, I never mentioned it, but yes. I mean, <laughs> no one has ever mentioned it. And I'm like, does ev- is every woman just walking around getting these random chills at- between hot flashes and thinking that they're crazy? Is Maybe. that it? Let's, I, here's what I need you to do. I'm going to need you to do this. Op- I need you to sign up for the <laughs> Oprah Daily. I need you to get into her menopause guide. I feel like it's probably pretty thorough. Yeah. It seems like it it seems like if she's going to do it, it'll be good. I hope so. I mean, I've always liked her favorite things. You know what I mean? Yeah, Maybe it's this true. is like the favorite things of menopause. Of menopause. Yeah. So the Oprah's least favorite things. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but I mean, again, I'm going to say she looks fucking amazing now. She does. She does. I I yeah, she always looks good. She's she's got but a, I just mean like her skin, her hair, she's just she has like, a great pit crew she's working. Glowing. For her. I know, I know, I know. I know. I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. I mean, yeah, here's I'm gonna I'm gonna put some money away for that bed jet to maybe try that bed jet. And then I'm gonna also like put some money away for like some cosmetic things, I feel like, because like I feel like if I'm getting the hot flashes and the cold flashes, everything else is going to fall apart real fast. Here's what I'm going to say, too, though. Uh, I do know Naomi Watts has a skincare line now that's menopause-driven. No? Okay. Whatever. Inspi- inspired by menopause. <laughs> Inspi- inspired, inspired by menopause. By menopause. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, she does. She's like She's got, like, a line. I. I okay. believe. I don't know if it's skin. It's like a whole line of things. Okay. Stacy's line. I liked those products. Yeah, they're um, great stuff. By the way, can I just tell you something? Not a great, easily Googleable name, name for yeah. a company because yeah. um, it's like Connecticut. <laughs> well, I think you have to put state of menopause in like quotation marks. And I know I'm doing you. that. I'm doing that. Oh my God. They sell it on HSN. Oh, great. Okay. Amazing. All right. Okay. So, but then also Naomi Watts. Stripes, a Naomi Watts brand. Oh, okay. Now, is this stuff for like to make your face look better or is it stuff to make your body more comfortable? I mean, her face looks great. Yeah, her face looks great. Menopause solutions from scalp to vag. Stripes. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. I am into that. I love it. I love that that's <laughs> what they say, that that's their line from uh, scalp to vag. But it uh, should be like for scalp, wait, from scalp to toes and the vag in between. <laughs> I don't know. You know what I mean? All I'm saying is like, oh my God, wait, you guys, I'm so sorry. This is not, again, not an ad, but... <laughs> Uh, stripes will take it if you'd like to be in because their top seller, Vag of Honor. Wow, that's a good product name. That is fucking funny. <laughs> yeah, hydrating face. They've got face stuff. They've okay. got thickening hair masks. Okay. They've got body oil. 
They've got it all. They've got it all. Well, here's what I will say. Um, all of these pro- these products all seem great, but I'm also like gonna prepare for some like heavy duty clinical interventions because creams can only do so much. You know, it's like the the talk that we we're just having about like spiritual versus science. You know, like creams are like spiritual. You know, those are things that you can do for yourself, but sometimes you gotta go science. You know, you gotta. I hear you. I do. You gotta get you. something shot into. I get something. it. But don't go crazy. You know, because no, not, let's not have a hormonal reaction. Yeah, I'm just re- I'm ready to like maybe a little laser, maybe a little Botox. Well, I, I've know, never I done love, Botox, so you don't you know. need it. I have I have some things. Okay. okay. Well, I, you'll okay. see me in person soon, and then you'll uh, then you'll you'll be able to tell. You'll tell me what you think. <laughs> I mean, about, will I about, about my face? I don't know. I will. I will. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. I will be honest with you. Um, and that's not saying that anyone has to do anything to their face. It's just like my face is like my thing. That's the thing that I'm like most comfortable with that I have. And so I just want to keep it how it is for as long as I can, you know? Keep it how it is for as long as you can. (laughs) What are you doing your best at this week? Oh my God. I don't know. I'm trying to like... As these as these shows as this as this life goes on, I'm really having a hard time picking what I'm doing my best at this week. Um, every week. Well, maybe that's because you're doing your best at so many more things than you used to. Oh. Maybe there was only ever one thing that you could pinpoint, but now it's just like you're just mostly doing your best. I think I'm doing my best a lot. Like I do think I'm I think I'm doing my best a lot. I I don't know. Well, you're packing up your apartment. It's no, looking- I kind of didn't. I kind of didn't. I, I, I had Kirsten reach out to some PAs from um, Girls 5 Eva who I know are not working because of the strike. Right. And I just paid them to do it. Okay. Well, you got it done though. Yeah. I just felt like that was like a better use of my energy and money. <laughs> That is good. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, yeah. this is actually, like, it's a good thing. They, these wonderful kids who worked on my show are, like, not able to get production jobs right now. Yeah. They're out of work. I would, like, my stuff moved from one apartment to another. We got furniture movers, but, like, I trusted the PA girls with, you know, my clothing yeah. and my Pots, crystals. pans, dishes, crystals. Mm-hmm. All that stuff. And the pots and pans and dishes too, yeah. That's anyway, great. So uh, delegating. There, I'm doing my best at delegating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing my best and, at trying. Oh, you know what? You know what? You know what? What? I am trying to do my best this week about at, at um, deciphering like what's for me and what's not. Okay. And that includes... Packing and moving that apartment. <laughs> That's really, I think, like, knowing yourself is really, it, like, it's everything. Like, n- you can't know anything else unless you know yourself. That's it. And That I think is it. it. 
it it goes along with everything that we've been talking about, like pinpointing your feelings, stopping to take an inventory, listening to your intuition, and just knowing, like, this is not me, and I'm not in this place right now where I'm going to pack this box. Do I have the money to pay someone who needs the money to do it? Yes? Great. Guess you know? what? I do. And that was your situation, and you just, like, went forward with it and didn't beat yourself up over it, didn't avoid the question, I think it's I think it's all good. I think that's proud of you for doing that. Thank you. And you- also I just got a bunch of uh Google alerts about people really picked up on you commenting on Leonardo DiCaprio's newest girlfriend. I'm sorry. I literally saw the picture. I okay, can I tell you two <laughs> things? Two things that happened. I yes. thought I had I thought I had posted it to close friends. <gasps> oh, and well, I didn't. I because I normally try to just steer clear of that shit, guys, because it's like just no point. There's just no point, right? It's just you know it's gonna keep happening. And I know, and I know, like people are like people got somebody told me like people were getting mad at me because I was like, they're like you're infantilizing a woman who's 21. Or did the batteries just die? Um, I don't know what the fuck, guys. It's the universe telling me not to talk shit about Leonardo DiCaprio. I guess. <laughs> I wasn't even talking shit. Like, I just literally, it, like, struck me. And I have nothing to, I have no, like, cut to me dating, like, a 28-year-old. I don't fucking know. I can't (laughs) say, you know what I mean? Like, I can't say. Right. I guess, you know, he's, he's what? Like, 50-ish, almost? I don't know how old he is. I think. I think he's very close to 50-ish. According to Lainey Gossip, she's not dating Leo. She's dating one of his crew. Mm, The Pussy Posse? No, I think the crew of his yacht. <laughs> oh, got it, got it. Oh, Maybe bless. he calls okay. the. I, I think I don't. I could be reading. No, no, this no. Wrong. You don't. You remember that? Like the name of his. Yes, of his, like the guy friends po- was the pussy posse. His, his guys were called the pussy posse. Oh, okay. But, I don't know. It was just I saw it on just Jared, and it was like Leonardo DiCaprio's girlfriend. Right. right. I, that's how she was identified, and I was like, oh my god, that girl looks like Birdie's age. Jesus. Right. Like just like. And I meant to put it to close friends, guys. I didn't mean to. <laughs> I didn't mean to post it to the general public. And then when I realized that I had, it was like so many hours later. It was too that late. it had been seen by everybody. And then I just deleted it because I was like, I'm not even. Fu- I'm like not here for this fucking stupidity. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, because the truth is that occasionally I get like a little snarky about pop culture stuff, but I'll just do it to my close friends. Right. Sorry. I'm sorry. You listen. <laughs> I would I would include all of you in that, but here's the fucking deal. I can't trust then it the winds up gossip sites. Then it winds up on the mirror, Laney gossip, and Shh, my don't favorite. Tell me. That makes me Google so alert. It wound up on market research telecast. I mean, but like what to what end? Why? Who cares, guys? Like literally it's, who cares? I, I'm convinced that all of this stuff is just AI generated that just bots are skimming Instagram and like whipping up. Uh, stories about it to put in various magazines. Well, somebody had, someone said that it was uh, on Reddit, like a Reddit thread that oh. somebody was, that somebody posted on Reddit and then was like annoyed at me about it. Like also, come, fucking come on. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like who cares? Just don't. Well, truly. Yeah. Just. Uh, <sighs> but anyway, uh I noticed it. I got some Google alerts about it. I have a Google alert about you. I, 
I was, uh, you know, I think Leo's going to be okay. I don't think his feelings are hurt by an, uh, by an Instagram story that you did, regardless of whether or not he's dating this woman, because there's a history also, there. Well, I mean, yeah, doesn't he date women that are, like, very young? Well, supposedly people say that, like, he only dates women under 25. Like, that's a thing that people say about him. I don't know if it's true. How old is he? Leonardo DiCaprio is 48 years old. Okay. So, you know, it's, I mean, yeah, maybe it's just time to, time to move on. Time to, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what he's looking for. Leonardo DiCaprio, if you want to come on the podcast and talk to us about what you're looking for and why you're looking for it in such young women, I'd be interested to know. Like me, mm. I, I don't know. I don't know if I am. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but to be real, let like, me rephrase it. I can pretend to be interested in hearing about it. Like I know that this is a thing, right? Like men, I know it's a. Th- we know it's a thing. We know yeah. it's a thing. I have. I had a friend when I was in my twenties whose father had married a woman who was younger than her. Yeah, and they had a new baby. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that is a thing that happens, I guess. Yeah. <sighs> also, I mean, if Leonardo's listening, I don't know that this will happen to him, but I have known, and this is weird too, because it's like someone that I kind of knew who's also a performer, which is why I'm going to sort of just, mm-hmm. um, but and it's nobody that you're guessing, but they also were like a younger woman type of person. Mm-hmm. And uh, and also like a performer, you know, other performers, whatever, but always like known for dating younger women. Mm-hmm. But there also came a moment when it turned and mm-hmm. that person thought that they were still dating younger people, but the younger people were all like, ew. <laughs> because not only was like that person a little bit older than they had been just a few years ago when they were still too old to be dating younger people, but then there came a time when, like, their relevance waned a little bit at the same mm-hmm. time that their age went up. And they were still, like, going after these really young women who, again, were also in the business. And all I was ever hearing was, like, ew. Like, sometimes they'd be like, it was so cute. He was hitting on me. And he thought, like, honestly, that I would, like, go out with him. And then other people were like, ew, it was so disgusting. He was trying to, like, get me to go out with him. And I'm like, dude, you're older than my dad. Um, so that... I'm not saying that that will happen to Leonardo DiCaprio, but I have seen it happen to others. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Just not much to, there's not much to say. It's a, it's a known, it's a known story. Well, I'm, I apologize. I'm, I'm sorry to, I'm sorry to this man. I'm sorry to this lady (laughs) that I don't know. I just took just Jared's word for it. I don't know. I didn't do my own research. And I guess that's the issue. That and that I accidentally posted it to everybody and not just my close (laughs) friends, which is what I meant to do. (laughs) Mostly because I thought it was like crazy that I felt like she looked like Birdie. And I was like, whoa, that's nuts. (laughs) Like, and I'm not infantilizing that girl and I'm not sexualizing my own kid. Like, I'm just saying like, that is... It's just. It's just Jared. It's just Jared, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. I guess I didn't do my my best at 
that. So sorry. Well, well you got on that market research website. So, you know, <clears throat> uh, I am doing my best at, I'm just going to tell you, I'm not going to. I'm not going to beat around. I asked you, and then we went, and then we went we? on the I, I didn't even on remember. the Leo tangent. I was like, I'm just going to bring it up because I'm yeah, not you gonna... did. You really just went for it. I was like, I've had the <laughs> most traumatic week, and then you're like, and also I got a Google alert. <laughs> <laughs> um, I went. I made a decision to um, because like getting your haircut is super expensive in mm-hmm, Los mm-hmm. Angeles and anywhere, and like. I had been going to this one place that I really liked, and then they kind of like, has a hair salon ever broken up on you? Like, not broken up with you, but like the salon breaks up, like the management and the hair cutters like go their separate Disband. ways. Yes, actually, yeah. that's happened multiple times. I yeah. feel like it's a, it's so, a tricky biz. I think it's a hard biz. The yeah, biz. And that was kind of like a reasonable place that I was going, um, it, you know, a it, it reasonably priced place that I was going and, and I liked the theme, which is also important to me, liking the theme of a, of a hair salon. Um, and uh, then I sort of was like still sometimes going to this one hair cutter, but then, like, oh, I hope she's not listening, but also, like, it's just the truth. Like, she cut my hair this one time, and I was just like, what? Like, it it, it was, like, from another era. Like, the haircut just felt didn't like work. it was, it didn't, didn't work. work for me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know that there was any, like, fixing it. And I was like, this, has this also happened to you? Like, you've gotten your haircut, like, many, many times by a person, and it's always great. And then just one time, it's not great. No. You've never had that. I've had it happen. I don't really cut, I don't really get my hair cut. Yeah, you just get it like trimmed or whatever. Um, so that happens. It's like getting an eggshell in your eggs. Like it's a long time before you can eat eggs again. You know what I mean? Oof. And Okay, that's a that's a very interesting. Yeah, got it. Okay. That <laughs> so, gave me an insight, a real fucking insight, I feel like. <laughs> so I was like, I have to get a new hair cutter. And I went to this place and it was so great, but it was like a kind of really out of the way and like hard to find, but also it was pretty pricey. Like it was pricey compared to like the hair cutter before. Anyway, all this to say, she did a beautiful job, this this new person. But I was just like, but I think if I'm gonna have shorter hair, I wanna maintain it more often. And that's not like an amount of money that I can invest into getting my hair cut every couple of months. So I just bit the bullet and I went to like a chain hair cutter, like crossing my fingers that they could follow the haircut, the really good pricey haircut uh, that I had gotten months hence, many months hence at this point. And I just went to like a chain hair cutter and did a walk-in and I was like, whatever, it's just hair. Like, Lord knows I do inadvisable things to my hair all of the time. And so I just went in, did a walk-in. They sat me down at Gary's station. Gary was like, what do you want, angled Bob? And then I was like, yeah. And then he just said, have you ever been here before? And I said, no. And he said, don't worry, you're going to like it. And then he just cut my hair and he didn't say another fucking word. And it came out fine. Gary, Gary, (laughs) did the Lord's work, my friend. He did the Lord's work. He did the fucking Lord's work, my friend. And I gave him like a hefty tip. And it was literally a third of the base price. I love it. The last haircut I got. So that's what I love, Gary. 
I just embraced getting uh, getting my haircut, uh, jumping in with two feet at an unknown uh, an unknown entity, and uh, the universe provided me with Gary. And now, so I, now I'm wondering where Gary is and if I need to cut my hair. It feels now I feel like I need to cut my hair again <laughs> and to make it shorter. I would pay money to take you to this place and videotape your face <laughs> as you're getting your haircut. <laughs> Gary trying to make chit chat with no him way. and he's like no way all he's like I just talked to you for like one sentence at the beginning and that's all I'm getting that's paid it. for um no I mean I just feel like couldn't I just cut my own hair how hard is it probably I mean Matt's cut my hair like pandemic during wait the by pandemic. the way hairdressers don't come for me <laughs> just don't fucking come for me we're not saying I know we cut our own hair is. well we'll we're saying could we cut our own hair yes I'm not going to do it. That's, That's it's not love, advisable. It's not for me. It's not for me. There's this one guy, and I always want to be careful when I mention like a TikToker or whoever, because then a million people are like, that person's problematic. But there's yeah, this sure. hairstylist guy <laughs> that's on TikTok like that. and Facebook and everything, Brad Mondo. Have you ever run across him? No. He he always like posts reaction videos um, of himself, like reacting to people's like at home hair fails and their like hair color fails and everything. And he's really cute. He's like, um, he's, I think he's like a, a very young millennial or something. But okay. anyway, um, he always posts reaction to people cutting their own hair at home and he's always so scared. But then he's always like, it looks so good in the end. And he like really never... Never shames anyone for breaking down and cutting their own hair unless they really, truly have gone awry, you know? So I, I'm going on record as saying, I don't know of Brad Mondo. I don't know him personally. I don't know if he's ever done anything problematic. I don't think he has, but I really like his videos. And I think that he's like, it's just hair. He has the same attitude toward hair that I do. Like, I mean, it's going to grow. It's going to grow. You know what grow. I mean? It'll be fine. Yeah. So. Well... I won't cut my own hair, guys. Don't worry about it. I mean, it doesn't um, look that bad, right? You're seeing it now. Your hair looks great. It's all right. Like, he took a good couple inches off of it. It's just a bob. It's not brain surgery. Yeah. I mean, no, it looks great. I think Gary did an excellent job. Yeah. You know. Um. All right. Well, listen, I'm going to go and think about cutting my hair. <laughs> I was literally just like, should I test? Should I text Matthew? He lives. He lives near me, and see if he wants to come over and cut my hair. <laughs> should I do it? Should I cut it a little bit shorter? I just feel like you know what I feel like. I'm in this in between length now, right? I, was I feel say, like, it feels like almost kind of quite short for you right now. Like wait, I feel. Do you, do you remember that I cut it short? Yeah, but I mean, like it, it's quite <laughs> short for a wait, length but, for you. No, but remember that in like January. Before before the whatever those awards were that I went with Michelle, yeah, I cut, yeah. I cut my hair short. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So then I was like, well, now it's long enough that I can like put it up easily into yeah. on top of my head. But which I still I feel, feel like it's quite short for your usual still. length. Like it hasn't. Yes. Yeah. Yes, I see what you're saying. Yeah. But I think, but it's like breaking. It's breaking the waves. It's breaking my shoulders, you know? Right. So right. I feel like it's like neither here nor there. That's the part right. that I like is annoying me right, right this second. It's like I feel like it should just be like Longer, a little bit shorter. shorter. Yeah. I think it should be short. I mean, just for summer. Yeah. Just make it kicky for summer. <laughs> I don't know. Um, okay. You guys. All right. Well, we'll we find love out. you. 
who knows what's going to happen. Your hair looks great. With our hair, with our lives. With our lives, with the moon. Guys. Yeah, and we're we're just remembering the snake shedding its skin. Transmutation. Transmutation. And I'm gonna uh, transmute some shit today. Hopefully we'll all have a transmutational week. I think we are. I actually think we are. I think we're doing it. <laughs> and I know that we're doing our best. Thanks, guys. <laughs> have a great one. Talk to you soon. Bye. <laughs> Love you, bye. Oh no. <laughs>